On this episode of This Is Game Boy, we totally didn't replace the hosts with robots. Hello everybody and welcome back to a brand new This Is A Game Boy episode. Back-to-back full episodes this time around because uh, we had two back-to-back uh, lights because of a slight scheduling mishap on my end like we explained last time. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're back again like always. Uh, I'm here but with me is of course E-Bloody Candy. Hello. Yeah, there we go. I'm we're gonna do another one of, of our like sillier episodes, I guess. Not not like content wise, but like what's Arnie, man? Ga- game pick wise, yeah. We we love to do these uh, movie Arnie tie-in games. Uh, they're always fun, and I think I mentioned last time actually during last action hero that it was the last Arnie one. Um, it's debatable, I guess, when it comes to the games we will be talking about. But yeah, it's it's still a technically Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So, but yeah, before we dive into two games, yes, two games. Um, let's uh, see what we've been up to for the past uh, two weeks. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a couple that, weeks. That's when when we recorded the last one. Uh, so yeah, what have you been up to? Um, a lot of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. A lot of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, trying to push through and platinum that game. I've, I've pro- I think I've put, last I checked, 50-some hours into the game now. Um, not including the three, the three restarts I've had to do to yeah. get through the game. <laughs> so, um... Fun game, cool game. Definitely has issues on the base day one PS4, so I definitely don't recommend you playing it on the base day one PS4. But uh, overall, it's it's not a bad Assassin's Creed game. They they definitely learned from their mistakes in Odyssey and Origins, but I still I still personally think the map is still too big, and some of the some of the newer AI stuff that they introduced with Origins and Odyssey definitely still needs to be uh, tweaked a bit. Um, and the new Ubi. So Ubisoft, if you happen to listen to this podcast, anyone from that crew, your new Uplay token system is absolute garbage. All right. <laughs> Bring back the old system, not this new one, and everyone will be a lot more happier with you. Trust me. Um <laughs> Well, like with the new Uplay system now, instead, you know how like when you did challenges with Uplay games, you get tokens and you can spend those tokens on the rewards in the game. Yeah. And typically, if you did all the challenges, you had enough tokens to buy all the rewards in that game. Yeah. Well, na- well now, the way the Uplay tokens work is you don't earn tokens specifically from challenges anymore. You earn them by leveling up in the Ubisoft Connect system now, which replaced the Uplay software. Um, So the way it works is every 500 XP, you get a level. Every one level, you get one token. Every five levels, you get 10 tokens. And every 10th level, you get 50 tokens. Well, the Uh problem is... 
at least with Valhalla, is if you did every single challenge, you only get, what was it, like, nine <laughs> levels, I think, or like eight or nine levels. And they up the prices on their on their rewards. So some of the stuff costs like a hundred tokens, sixty tokens, fifty tokens, and it destroyed all the all the challenges from level one. You're only gonna be able to buy maybe half of those rewards. So you have to pick and choose which ones that you actually want and then play future Ubisoft games or buy future Ubisoft games from the Ubisoft store. In order to get more tokens. And then again it's another like. Do I sacrifice this reward for this reward. Or this game for this game type deal for rewards. Like it's it's an awful system now. Like it makes you not want to do the challenges at all. And d deal with the rewards at all anymore. Because of it. <coughs> like yeah, it's that, br brutally bad. Yeah that sounds absolutely silly. Like from a marketing point of view of course it's good for them. But yeah, not for the players at all. Um, I never yeah. liked it to begin with. Like, um, there's only a few Ubisoft games I've actually played. Um, Prince of Persia series, uh, the newer ones, and yeah. like the Assassin's Creed 2 trilogy, basically. Uh, but yeah, you could at least unlock everything that was tied to the game by playing the game, um, which makes sense that it should work like that. But yeah, um, yeah, weird that they changed it after so many years, actually. Uh, but yeah, again, money is important, so they want they want more sales. I, I guess. I mean, they have the Scott Pilgrim game coming out in a couple of days, so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, that um, one is indeed coming out again. Uh, and I'm going to try and get that limited edition. Well, not limited edition, like... Yeah, the, the, the limited edition run copy. The limited yeah. run ga games, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. For for people who are listening to this uh, in in the future or something and have no idea what we're talking about, um, a lot of games are only digital, um, yeah. and sometimes there's like limited run games. I think it's there you go. called, yeah. uh, which is basically a company that prints uh, a certain amount of games on actual cartridges or with actually boxes and, and manuals and things like that and some extra things. Uh, but yeah, they're only available for a short period uh, and it's uh, uh, based on the demand. So the more people get one, like the more they produce, that's, that's literally it. But they only do it once and maybe in like five years it'll be like oh let's try and do it again or something but uh yeah yeah as as somebody who thinks owning something digitally is not owning anything at all it's just literally air um i do like to get actual copies of games so at least in the future if anything should happen to digital games um you can at least still play the base version that you have on that uh so yeah yeah that, that, the that's cool, something the, important for me. The cool things about li limited run games is, by the way, this is their fifth year anniversary as, as well. But they, if if the game is being re-released, they try to like mimic the original release, like cartridge as well too. So like um, Panzer Dragoon, for example, was a Sega Saturn release. <clears throat> yeah. So if you pre-order the quote-unquote special edition or order the special edition of of Panzer Dragoon the game will come in a Sega Saturn styled case 
and inside of there will have you know the the, the stuff obviously. Um, with Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim came out on Genesis, right? Was that? No, it was uh, it was just a digital game that came out like I think it was ten years ago, just to promote the movie, basically. Um, oh, was so it? it? Okay. It, it was only available digital back then, but. Um, it disappeared after like a year or two because of some it's hard to explain because like the rights are basically from the guy who uh wrote scott pilgrim but then ubisoft also had the license for the game uh but then universal made the movie so the game was based on the movie so they had the rights and it, it was a a complete mess and the game just disappeared like if you didn't have it on your i think it was ps3 it, uh like that um that generation of consoles if you didn't have it on your hard drive anymore you couldn't even download it anymore uh kind of like sure what okay. would happen with pt and and things like that um like, I, I think I still have it on my PS3. I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, it's cool that this game is back because it's a really, really good uh, beat-em-up game. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's nice to see that it finally got out of that entire legal battle, I guess, for the rights of it. And they can actually, uh, yeah, drop it again. So that's really cool. But, yeah, it does come in a Genesis box, at least. Yeah, yeah, that's, but, uh, yeah. I don't know why they chose that one. Uh, maybe because, like, the graphics-wise, it does look like a Genesis game, I guess. Uh, but a little bit more modern. So, yeah, it's a really cool box. Like, I love it. Yeah, it's it's neat-looking. I'll probably pre-order it. I never got to play it in the past. Like, I, I knew of the game, but I, I never owned a PS3 or anything. And I really didn't care about these types of games back then either. But uh, I do have... I, I did order... Uh, uh, Panzer Dragoon, because I do remember playing that on Sega Saturn a long time ago, and that's one of those games that's like three plus hundred dollars if you yeah. want to like have the original. Um, so I'm, I I do have a few limited run games because yeah, I mean they're just phenomenal. Like it's, I, I'm I'm in the same boat as Mo. I I have to have something physical. Like I do have some digital downloaded games, but like if the servers go down or like if something weird happens where like that stuff just isn't available anymore, it's like, well, what you know, what do you do? You know, you just spent however much money on a digital download, and now you just can't download it in the future anymore. So, <laughs> um, like I had the Shante one as well too, the 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 Seven Sirens or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, so off that Ubisoft tangent, <laughs> um, I did uh, Ter- Terminator Squared. So both Terminator games for this podcast episode. So fun facts: like I don't really stream much of my retro stuff right now anymore, but I play them. But I don't play them on my Super Game Boy. I still play them on my old Great Brick because it's in my drawer <laughs> of my desk. So whenever I'm playing these, it's easier for me to play them on the Great Brick now than it is for me on the Super Game Boy, just because <laughs> like how how my stuff is set up right now. Yeah. So like whenever I'm playing these, like I'm actually playing these on the actual Game Boy now, and I'm so like a lot of my notes are purely from the actual Game Boy, not just like different colors of the Super Game Boy and whatnot. So that's kind of fun. 
I would uh, not play on that anymore. Like, I would use my... Uh, what's it called? GBASP or something that I can use, but... Uh, the actual yeah, game, I, I wouldn't... If I had a if if I had a backlit GBA, I would use that. Yeah, for that's sure. the one I have. Yeah, but I don't I don't have the backlit one, so I'm just like, well, I'm just gonna use the Great Brick yeah. because it's the closest thing to me. Um, manual scanning, of course. Ugh. I think <laughs> I still got like 80 manuals to scan. So, <laughs> and legs leg. Legs is getting on me because I'm just like, oh, you don't have these manual legs. And she's like, I know, you have them. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and then this week was GDQ. So I watched a lot of GDQ this week. Um, a few Game Boy games at least got in. The Pokemon Blue run was kind of cool. Uh, a shame it wasn't the final run, but, you know, yeah, it is I what it is, it I guess. Anymore. I wasn't um, bad by then. The Link's Awakening run was really good, and the task was <clears throat> mind blowing. Yeah, that was crazy to see. That was uh, that was the last thing I saw. And the two Mario Land, the two Mario Land games were really good. Like Odeer won the race for Mario Land Two. Uh, that's a super good race between uh, Adam Ferrari, Odeer, and I forgot A- the other runner. Ape. Ape. Yep. Not a e i p not, not yeah. ape as in he's a Japanese runner. And then uh, Vlack did an amazing job with Super Mario Land Three. So that one always I missed. A pl- yeah. Always a pleasure watching him run. So yeah, he did great on the Messenger as well. Yep. Um, outside of that, that's all I've been up to. It's literally just been Valhalla and just complaining about Ubisoft and then whatever Game Boy games pop up that I haven't played yet for the podcast. So <laughs> something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to? Yeah, I've played a few games, but not that many either. Um, like w- with the holidays and and yeah, I don't know. Like I haven't really played that much, and this week was indeed GDQ, so I. Took some time off of streaming to do some stuff because I, I'm backed up with drawings as well for some reason. That's something weird to say. Like, I, I can't keep up anymore now, uh, which which is really weird because, it, like, I started drawing again, like we explained, like, in other episodes. Uh, and now I have so many projects that I need to finish that I don't even know where I'm going to find the time anymore. Uh Because, like, this week I took a week off and I was like, you know what, I kind of want to redo my logo for Portable Pleasure. Still haven't done that. Uh, I kind of want to redo my starting screen for the stream and maybe make a new Be Right Back screen. Still haven't done it. Uh, (laughs) Someone commissioned me a logo that I'm almost finished with. I I can't keep up with the art club things anymore when it comes to drawing. I'm like overwhelmed with with like everything um thank god i don't have a job i guess because then i basically wouldn't have been able to do anything anymore um so yeah this week was totally just gdq watching uh but before the the year ended i did try to get to 450 game boy games done for my challenge um i messed up counting well i didn't mess up counting something like i thought Cool Spot and Cool Spot the Adventure were the same game. Uh, no. And then I thought, hey, that's still on my list and I haven't done Cool Spot yet, but 
then it was McDonald's land and it got me confused so I I had to do another one after the the new year already started uh, but my final few games that I did for last year basically were first Tasmania um, which is a Sunsoft game also known as Looney Tunes 2 in Europe actually um, I don't like it I, I really do not like Tasmania. Um, it, it's just... I don't know. It feels like it's been made by the B-team over at Sunsoft. like Or their interns or something. Uh, because it still has that... Graphic-wise, it looks great. Like Song-wise, it's great. But the gameplay was just totally not fun. And, and nothing seemed to work correctly. Um, climbing ladders in that game is absolutely <laughs> horrible because you have to be on the correct pixel before Taz even goes up the ladder. Um, and that's a lot of fun because the only stage where the actual ladders appear is a timed stage where you have to get to... Well, all of them are timed, but this is like a very tight timed stage, so you have yeah. to get to the end in time. Uh, so that wasn't fun. Uh, the quote-unquote bonus rounds are absolute trash. Like, one has you... Uh, twirling over water after getting pushed into the water or something. Um, I'm sure there's like a good way to do those, but I ended up just mashing the B button and then it worked. Otherwise, I, I just couldn't time it. Um, and the second one of those is like almost a minute long. So I was just mashing a minute long and that's never fun in any game. So nope. that was dumb. Uh, then you have like this racetrack where you're just constantly moving forward and you can pick up extra things and you have to avoid uh, barricades horrible like I don't know what the hitboxes are in this game but like again you have to be pixel perfect to pick anything up in this game or in this mini game and it it, it just was not fun at all the only good thing about this game were the boss fights I think those were pretty fun like, especially the last one was pretty clever, uh, where you have to use, like, a, how do you call it, a seesaw to launch rocks up in the air so you can take down a helicopter. That's cool. Um, and one thing that I don't understand is you're limited to use of spins for Tasmania. Uh, you can only do it three times in a level, and there's no pickups to increase it or anything. Um, and that's, like, his whole thing. That's what Taz does. He spins. So why would you limit that ability? Like, I don't know. I just didn't have dizzy. a lot of fun with it. He gets dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you compare it to Tasmania on Game Gear, I believe, uh, I think that was also run at GDQ this year. Like, you can just spin around the entire game, and that game looked actually really fun. Uh, but the Game Boy version, nah. It, it's not that it's bad, per se, but it was just not that fun. Uh, I hope the second one is better, but looking at it, I don't think it will be at all. Yeah, I don't think so, so either. Yeah. Um, after that, I played Sensible Soccer, uh, which is a weird title, uh, but it's actually the company that made it, or, well, it's not the company that made it, but it's Sensible's soccer game basically um and it is pretty sensible because you just have to win one match in it and you win the 
win the championship. So <laughs> love to see that in sports games. Uh, please make them all like this. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty good soccer game actually. Um, it, visually, it's not impressive or anything, but everything works at least. So uh, what more do you need from a soccer game? It did it better than any of the other soccer games I've played so far. Uh, like all the FIFA ones are absolute garbage. Uh, Nintendo World Cup is a great soccer game, but that's a Cuneo game, so yeah. it, it's not really soccer. It's more of a light take on the on the genre. But yeah, this was a a pretty cool game, and you can of course do like <clears throat> seasons and things like that if you really want to. Uh, but yeah, I actually enjoyed it, and you could play as a Belgian team, uh, Antwerp actually. You know? Which is weird because it's not like the most praised Belgian soccer team around here, at least not now. But uh, back then, it was pretty, pretty good team. Um, yeah, this this was a, a fun little thing. Um, and then I played um, two racing games, um, and like the the licensing of this is a, a little bit weird. Uh, one is called Jeep Jamboree, uh, which came out, I think, in the U.S. Um, maybe in Europe as well. Um, and another one called Dirty Racing, which only came out in Japan initially, but um, they had like a compilation cartridge later called Race Days, and that has both those games on it. Um, but I played them separately. Jeep Jamboree, I absolutely hate. It's uh, <laughs> like a first-person one, so you're inside the car. Oh, um, no. Which is fine, like, that. that's not a big problem or anything. Uh, I mean, why not? Like, a lot of uh, racing games do that. But for some reason, the entire screen is your hitbox. Like, literally the entire screen. If you want to pass a car and there's a pixel of that car right in front of you, you cannot pass that car. And it starts getting... Well, that you makes just, sense. You just get mad. You get really, really, really mad at this <laughs> game really fast. At least I did. Um, <clears throat> first, I tried to do the expert mode, which was really going well until uh, like halfway through the game. Suddenly, there's just broken cars in the middle of the road. <laughs> and you have almost no time to react and if you can react good luck just getting out of the way because it can be on the screen at all or you will crash so yeah the, like the depth perspective of this game does not make any sense it is not fun um and for some reason and luckily Gradan hero came into <clears throat> the chat while i was playing this I was pretty sure I played this when I was a kid and that I did not have that much trouble trying to beat it. Um, not liking it either, but at least beatable. And I was also sure that I could like go faster in this game um, because I really could not keep up with the first, uh, the, the guy in first. Like there was no way uh, that I would be able to catch up to him. And, and Hero said, but you can just turbo by pressing up. And... I swear that I've tried that uh, when I was playing it before he came in and it just didn't work back then. Um, but I think what happened is this game runs at three frames per second. So I just didn't even notice I was going faster. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, once I knew that the turbo actually did work, I did win uh, at least the intermediate course. I did not finish the expert course, but... Yeah, what a horrible, horrible, horrible racing game. The worst one I've played so far. Um, 
And actually, all the other racing games I've played so far were really good. So this came as a as quite a surprise that it's uh, that it was that bad. Uh, but on the on the race days card, this is called four by four something something. But it's uh, it's completely the same game. Um, <clears throat> Dirty Racing, however, is an amazing racing game that everybody should play. Um, depending if you want to see more nudish anime anime waifus you can play the japanese version um they just like in the in the uh european version they like censored the abdomen of a girl so she's not wearing a bikini but she's wearing like a how do you call it just a bathing suit i guess uh but besides that there's no difference in how you play like the japanese version has english as well they just Changed some of the text, but it's all the same. And this is like a top-down game, um, kind of like RC Pro-Am, basically. Uh, and it, it's made up in a world map, so you can kind of choose where you want to go. You can like do normal races where you only have to finish third, uh, or you have to do um, like championships where you have to, in the end, finish first uh, by by grabbing points and what makes this game so fun is that um it does have like just a normal upgrade your car system where you can like get a bigger engine or get uh, better uh, acceleration and things like that but throughout the stage you're always racing against three other guys but there's like these blinking barriers at the side of the stage like which uh it makes up a track so you don't go out of bounds or anything, basically. Uh, but those walls can sometimes shine. And if you run into those, you get um, some kind of power up or power down. Um, one of them is you can shoot the other car so they stop for like 20 seconds and things like that. One is a super turbo so you basically are always going the fastest speed you can while using nitros uh, without wasting it. Uh, which is really handy except for... Uh, the stages where you have to do a lot of turns, of course. Uh, you can even get, like, extra points. So if you're losing a championship, uh, you come in turn or something, you should only get two points. But if you pick up extra points, you those get added to your total as well. Um, and then there's <laughs> the one you want if you're not first, which is the warp, uh, which puts you at a random position in the race so if you're fourth it can put you in third second or first place um but here comes the tricky part of it it also works the other way around so if you're in first and you pick it up you can be placed fourth all of a sudden um <laughs> so it's kind of a gamble do you want to try and get it or not because you it's random if you touch it you never know what you're gonna get so it could be a good upgrade but it could be that warp um, but that fun. makes it really interesting because yeah. the moment you're in first, you're like, oh man, I would love to have a weapon if they pass me so I can stop them. Or even the, there's literally one that stops all the other cars, which is really great. Uh, but yeah, you might have a chance that you will be put back in fourth place. Um, so yeah, that makes the game really interesting. Um, first, I played it on intermediate and then I played expert. And when I started Expert, I was like, there is no way, no way in hell anybody can do this. This is literally impossible. All the cars go two times as fast as you, so you can never catch up to them. Um, but I kept playing it. Um, and the more you progress, you get money so you can buy better parts. And about halfway through the game, I 
upgraded enough so that it could actually um, race like I should be able to race throughout the entire game. Um, and then the game got really fun again because they changed the, the tracks are the same, but they put hazards in and, and blackened out areas and, and things like that uh, to make that expert mode. And yeah, then it got really fun because then it really felt like you were playing a game and you were trying to win. And uh, and then you can see how dirty this game really is because they, they try to stop you in so many ways. It's, it's really great. But... Um, for anybody who wants to try it, be warned, you only have five continues in this game. Um, so I somehow managed to use all of them and then just play the rest of the game on that final continue. Uh, but I would really recommend playing expert mode because that's where the game really shines. And I think it's my favorite racing game on Game Boy. So. Wow. I, I've been trying to play... Um... Monster Truck Wars lately because that was a game that got requested for me literally like game number three and straight like I own the cart and I've played it but straight up I do not know how to play the game at all it's a racing game with monster trucks made by acclaim but I do not know how to play the game and it's more of those top down like RC program type racing things, oh yeah but, like, I know that one yeah there is zero zero information about the game boy version online like there's no manual scans there's no game facts it's as if the game just doesn't exist mm -hmm. at all so i'm just like well so i'm like i'm, I'm sitting there like how how you did with swamp thing I'm like sitting there like okay how the hell do we play this damn game like it's a racing game like how complicated could it be but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Oh boy, that sounds like fun when I'm going to reach that one. Well, I mean, that's why they call it dirty racing, though. You gotta get a little dirty sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, I, I absolutely love this game. I wish there was a sequel or something to it. I just had so much fun with this, even on the very daunting expert modes at the start. Because I couldn't do anything, really, like... All I did was try to get as much money as, but because there's also money spread out on the, on the actual tracks that you can pick up. So at least you have something. Uh, so yeah, I, I just upgraded as good as good as I can. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> then I somehow managed to do it all on my final credits. It was, yeah, it was fun. I love that game. Yeah, I definitely have to check that one out. Yeah, I watched you do. Uh... I watched you play Cool World for a bit, and uh, I it it brought me back to when I played Cool World and how much I just don't like those. Collect seventy percent of these coins and then progress to the end of the stage. Oh, cool, feels. cool spot, yeah. Cool spot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like oh, I'm like ugh. Yeah. Just cool spot is way better that. than Cool World. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> true. Please Be don't true. play Cool World. <laughs> And then and then I watched you play uh, Cool Spot Adventure, and I'm like, well, this is just McDonald Land. Like, I'm like, didn't you play McDonald Land? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, namings are fun when it comes to Game Boy games. Sometimes, like, it's it's weird because like in America we never got McDonald Land. Like, it just wasn't released over yeah, here. Yeah, which it was which... released as Cool Spot Adventure over here. Yeah, which is kind of yeah. weird because McDonald's didn't exist here back then. Like, 
Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. We had our own branch called Quick uh, before McDonald's even came to, well, well, not Europe like Belgium, but uh, yeah, McDonald's wasn't as big as, uh, well, 7-Up because 7-Up was way more popular than uh, than Sprite here during those times. So it, it doesn't make sense why they would do that, so... Well, 7-Up was super popular here, too, because I remember those commercials, like, make 7-Up yours, you know? Like, everyone everyone from the 90s remembers those commercials. Yeah. Like, 7-Up was really popular over here as well. But it's interesting because, like, McDonald's Land, I I think it's very... It, the, my version, I think, is, is the UK version, which I think it may have only came out in the UK or yeah. was yeah. made in, Europe, in the UK. Yeah. So... But it's interesting because, like, McDonald's is an American-based, you know, fast food chain, mm-hmm. and they're everywhere here, you know, versus, but yeah, what you all said, like, your fast food chains really, I would assume in the early 90s, like, wasn't what it was in America, yeah, so. like, back then, like, every country just had their own chain, like, yeah. Burger King was, was Germany, here we had quick. I, I, I have no idea why McDonald's was chosen as the European yeah, release. Well. Yeah, super weird. But yeah, when I watched you play Cool Spot, I'm like, well, that's just McDonald's land. Because like, I've played both too, not not knowing as well. And yeah. I was like, like, I got like halfway through Cool Spot Adventure. I'm just like, this is literally just McDonald's land just reskinned. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. play this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that good of a game. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I mean. I just moved on. Oh, and I watched you play Pokemon Pinball, which you haven't talked oh, yeah. about yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit about the non-Game Boy games I've been playing. I, I played a little bit of Pokemon Pinball because I've literally never played that in my life. Uh, so I was just curious, really, on how it was. And, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I think the mechanics of it are a little wonky uh, because your ball sometimes just gets in your flipper and... and they didn't program it well, which is weird because it is HAL that that actually made it. Uh, so they already had. Oh really? Yeah, they already had like Revenge of the Gator and uh, um, Kirby's Pinball. Well, but yeah, the mechanics in Kirby's Pinball land are also <laughs> not great. So Kirby uh, Kirby's Pinball doesn't exist. Yeah, so that I I can see why, but yeah, it's a fun pinball game. Um, like it, this one is fun because there's nothing really. There's no strings attached to the game, really. Like, there's a few things you have to do to be able to evolve your Pokemon. But if you want to go for a full dex, it will take a while for sure. But besides that, it's it's really just a very chill pinball game. So, um, yeah, I look forward to playing more of that in the future, actually. And I got, I got a Zapdos. I don't know why it showed up, but it was suddenly there and I have it now. So... <laughs> I think that's a rare one to get. So, yay for me. Uh, <laughs> so I have that saved right now. Uh, otherwise, it's just 700 pidgeys that I don't care about. But uh, Yeah, fun fun game. I think I played it for like three hours. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, then I also finished one of the games that you picked. Uh, like, I have a, a list of games that I have flying around that I'm just never going to get to on my own because I keep uh, picking up these daunting 
RPGs that take me 120 hours. Uh, so I have a few games on my list that you can pick with channel points. So one of them was Kirby and the Rainbow Curse or Rainbow Paintbrush, depending on what region you're from. So I finished that game. It's a fun game. B- basically completed the story mode, like got all the treasures and got all the medals and, and the things like that. I touched a little bit on challenge mode, but it bored me out after 12 of them. And there's 48 of them, so I was like, nah, I really don't want to do this anymore. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun game. I think it works well. Um, I don't like the boss fights in this game. They're they're, they're not. It's not that they're boring or anything. It's just like, eh, they're there. But besides that, whatever. Um, and yeah, the, the auto scrolling stages are a little uh, weird in this game because you really need to pick up everything if you want that gold medal and but it's Kirby like I mean it's not that hard or anything like that but I think this is like one of those games that is best played with two people uh just like canvas curse that came before it that it's just more fun with two people because you have more control over what's happening on the screen uh, but yeah if, if you like uh, a chill Kirby game where you're not really controlling Kirby but just drawing lines on the screen uh, definitely check it out. And it looks cute and sounds great. Like, the music in this one is phenomenal, actually. Oh, uh, the only bad part about this game is that you, you, you're you looking at your Wii U pad the entire time. Uh, yeah. You're not looking at the TV at all. Oh, that's the only downside of this game. Um, and then I picked up a few, like, shorter games. There was a Steam sale and... I saw Crypt Stalker, which looked interesting, which is um, like a Castlevania game, I would say. Uh, yeah, Castlevania, but like a little bit more flexible, like you're way faster and, and you can move around a lot faster. And it's a fun game, like I, I think I completed it, like actual completed it. Like I did literally everything in this game. Uh, in about two and a half hours Um, but it not only gives you like an NES version of the game it also gives you a Game Boy version uh, which I thought was really cool and and really in the style of how Game Boy ports would work it's like basically the same game but the mechanics are changed a little bit and it has like less stages I thought it was really cleverly done and both versions work really well and then there was also a challenge mode and usually i don't do challenge modes because i I just don't care but this challenge mode is actually really fun so uh yeah completed that game (laughs) two and a half hours it's a very cheap game i think it's like three bucks or something and and it was on sale so it was maybe one buck or whatever uh (laughs) but i i really really enjoyed that game it was a fun find for sure um and then i got dogurai on switch i think it's also on steam um and i got that one for free because one it was on sale and two i had gold points on switch so i just got it for free basically um another game that i like finished in two hours um if you finish it with collecting all the collectibles there's only four but uh you still have to find them of course you unlock a second character so you can play through the game again but uh i didn't do that i just played through it once um and that's like a game boy styled uh slashing game platforming slashing game boss fights things like that and you're a dog and he's a samurai that's why it's called dog um 
yeah, if you're looking for a fun game with like gameplay aesthetics, definitely check that one out. It's it's fun. There's some levels that well, there's one level that absolutely sucked in my opinion, but uh, that's more because I just didn't like the level. But I like the game at least. So uh, and then it's another cheap one. So uh, if you're looking for something like that, uh, pick up a cop well copy, pick up a digital version of it so you can play it. Yeah, that's all. That's all I've played. It may sounded like much, but they were all like half an hour games. Uh, oh no, I forgot to mention one thing. Persona 5 Royale. This game never ends. It just keeps on no. going. <laughs> uh, I'm I... like 110 hours in right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hopped on PS4. And you know how, like, when you log into the PS4, it gives you, like, that intro screen of, like, what your friends have been up yeah. to. And I looked at it, and yours was the first one on the list. I, all I saw was Persona 5 trophies. I was like, oh, oh yeah. no, he got sucked in. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really got sucked into this game. This week alone, I must have played, because I was watching GDQ, um, and when I wasn't drawing, I was just playing this game. I must have put... 40 or 45 hours into this game or something uh yeah like i said last time it's incredible everybody should absolutely play this. i actually finished the main game uh so i i finished persona 5 but now i'm in the royale part of the game uh which you need to quote unquote know how to unlock because otherwise you'll have to replay the entire game to get back to it uh but i was not prepared i just did it like it it's easy to miss, but it's also easy to not miss, if that makes sense. Like, it just depends on how you're playing the game. But yeah, absolutely incredible game. But it just never ends. Uh, I think I, I still have 10, 15 hours left before I'm at the end. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend it. There's only one thing that disappointed me. And without spoiling it for people who actually haven't played it yet, the concept of the final boss... And not, not the design or anything, I'm not talking about that. Just the concept of what the final boss is in Persona 5, so not the Royale part. <sighs> Stop doing that in JRPGs, please. Just, it's it's been enough. We've had 40 years of that now. Um, I'm tired of it. <laughs> Just come up with something original for once. Uh, but besides that, like the fight itself and things like that were fine. It's just the concept behind it. I, I'm just bored off. It's 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 fine. We've seen it a million times. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I that hopped on, yeah, I hopped on a stream because I was going to do Valhalla, and the first thing I saw was Mo Persona Five. I looked. I even told Chad, I was like, "Oh, so we we lost another one before." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's just so good. Like I I mean, I had my doubts, but. The first five hours after playing that game, I was like, oh, man, they got me again with an RPG. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have Royale sitting right here. I haven't, I haven't even installed it yet because I have a feeling like once I put it in, like there's there's no turning back no, for there, the next like, 300 not. hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 120 hours. No matter how you play it or whatever, it's it's going to take you 120 hours. Something like that. So. Yeah. So so that that it's on my it's on my my to-do list, but I'm not not quite ready to devote yeah. 
time to it yet. Yeah. But, uh, it sits. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, aside from all of that, we have a pretty violent uh, episode coming to you all. <laughs> pretty violent. Deals with robots from the future. Yeah. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to talk about Terminator, another Arnie game. I think it's our last Arnie game. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. We're we'll going to go to Stallone after this. <laughs> Stay <think> tuned. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Um, first game in the list. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, released in January of 1992. Uh, developed by Bit Studios. Uh, so if you listened uh, to the <coughs> Alien 3 Light, excuse me. <clears throat> um, Bit Studios also made that game. Uh, the developer's name is actually Jason Austin, which I... I unfortunately wasn't thinking ahead on this episode because mm-hmm. I, after I did all my notes and everything, I realized I had questions for <laughs> Jason. I was like, "Oh well, crap! I don't have time for this now." And I'm like, "I don't want. I don't want to be the one responsible for putting off another podcast <laughs> episode." So, uh, so I unfortunately didn't get a chance to ask Jason some questions about the game. Um, Maybe I will in the future just to, like, tickle the fancy, as you will. But Yeah. Um, yeah published by LJN, come, of course. So. Yeah, we can always come back to it, like, with a little segment of, oh, yeah. or something. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Published by LJN because <laughs> LJN just was god of owning movie rights. <laughs> yeah. um, and then composed by Divid. Da- Divid? <laughs> Divid. David Whittaker, um, whom we've had a composer for before, and I, again, don't remember what game it was for. Yeah, one of the other Bit Studios game for sure. Uh, on the top of my head, I don't know either, but uh, his name has come up a few times. His name sure. has come up like three times, and yeah. I can never remember what games he yeah. did. <laughs> uh, so, uh, that's... Yeah, maybe he listens to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so the the plot of the game, if you the plot of the game, so it was kind of hard to find the the quote unquote plot via the manual and the box because it's broken out into like different like phases, sections. Yeah. like, it's hard to say that, like, I mean, if you've seen Terminator 2, in this case. 2, yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, see for the first one first, because otherwise it wouldn't make sense anyways. Uh, but yeah, if you've seen Terminator 2, you kind of know what to expect. Um, but yeah, the, the thing is with this game, it takes place, like, before 
the T-800 gets sent, and then it goes into the movie. So it kind of does a little prequel thing, basically. Oh, it, 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 it kind of follows the... Well, does it? But no. What was yeah, that? Not really. I wanted to say it follows... Was it called Genesis? I don't know what the other Terminator movies are called. Like the fourth There's... one that came out. The one in the future yeah. that nobody should watch because it's absolute garbage anyways. But, awful. Yeah, uh, I, it kind of takes place... Look, it just takes place in the future first and then it goes to the plot of the well, movie. It takes, it takes place in the in 2029 which is eight years from now so i cannot wait to see what los angeles 2029 <laughs> looks like but basically like skynet killed just a ton of people in 97 and then all of a sudden like we have the war against the machines you know in 2029 and then all of a sudden like they do some reprogramming and some time traveling and we go back in time with the terminator and the terminator has to protect john and it's <laughs> if you've never watched Terminator, it sounds absolutely heinous. But it's it Terminator Two isn't a terrible movie. Oh, I love Terminator Two. Yeah, it's my it's my favorite of the series. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's it's one of those like if you if you if you have someone poorly describing the movie, it sounds like a terrible movie. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I always compare Terminator and Terminator 2 to Alien and Aliens. Um, yeah. Like, both are, like, thematically very different movies, but they just, they work together because you can't watch one without having seen the other. Like, it doesn't even matter in what, what order, really, when it no. comes to Terminator. But, uh, yeah, like, the first one is a classic that does everything well. And the second one goes more into an action-styled movie. But it also takes all the themes that came with the first one and, and just expand on them. And, and those two franchises did it very well. Like, one and two of both of them were amazing. And then you have three. <laughs> That's also kind of there, I guess. And anything that comes after that is absolute garbage. Like, <laughs> That's really how it goes. Yeah, having seen all the Terminators and the show, which... Which actually is good, but it got cancelled, so... Yeah, it was... It was good. I wouldn't say it was amazing, but it was it was good. It was better than some of the movies that came yeah. out, but... Uh, um, yeah, it unfortunately got cancelled. But basically, all you have to know is... Robot's bad... Robot gets reprogrammed. Robot good. Robot dies. <laughs> Basically, that's that's the gist of the movie. Yeah. Um. But gameplay wise, I personally so we'll get to this more in the history. But like, I knew what I was getting into because I knew mm. the developer. So, yeah. uh, gameplay wise, D pad moves your character around. Uh, very important in the first stage. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, select slows down the game. I don't know if you knew that or not. Well, here's the uh, thing. I knew that it was a thing. <laughs> that select should slow down the game. For me, that didn't work. For me, pressing select either stopped the music, stopped the sound effects, 
or stop both of them and then put them all on again. It oh, never really? slowed down the game for me, so I don't know where that comes from. I used it. It, it did for me in the reprogramming stage. Yeah, yeah I, I read your notes on that. I think I used it wrong in that case, but yeah, otherwise throughout the entire game it just stopped the music or the sound effects for me, so... Yeah, I never tried it in the other stages. Yeah. I needed it in the reprogramming stages, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Um, start pauses the game, of course. A jumps, B shoots your weapon, which I have a gripe about weapons. Sorry, Jason. But uh, <laughs> um, stage one. So stage one, you're in the future. You're you're John Connor, and you are shooting the hell out of all these robots, all the Terminators, all these flying gun gunships and then at the end you fight the hunter killer uh your big hazards are in my opinion the biggest hazard of this stage are the mines the yeah, mines were are. hard to <laughs> see <are>. like <laughs> like the mines flash but they're so tiny on the ground <laughs> and you're so worried about other things that you just end up walking over them and like i feel like the area to like get hit by them is bigger because like I feel like I've been hit by a mine without actually touching the mine. Mm, yeah. So the the mines are the biggest enemy <laughs> in this game or in this stage. Um this is a tough stage blind. Not so much because it's a lot of shooting and staying alive. It's mm -hmm. what the hell do I need to do? Right? Yeah. Um yeah it, it... You will find out more when we go into later stages, for sure. Uh, but this is not a one-trick pony game. It's not just a no. platformer shooter or anything like that. It's it's way more cryptic. <laughs> Let's uh, just say it like that. Yeah. Uh, like, at the start what? of this each stage, um, you do get an explanation of what your goal is. Um but it's still up to you to figure out how to actually do that goal. Oh. Yeah, because um, typically, if your first time playing this, your instinct is, oh, platformer, shooter, contra, hold right, shoot things, keep holding right. Um, you can't do that in stage one. So basically, in stage one, is you, have to fight, you have to shoot down five power generators to remove a shield... Uh, around a hunter killer at the end to progress to the stage um and you can't just blow up any old power generators they have to be they have to be in order yeah <laughs> so again here's where more of the cryptic nonsense kind of <laughs> comes in um so you have to so you gotta walk past like the first power generator and you kind of know it's a power generator just by looking at it right it's like it's this one thing that's completely out of the, it, it looks very different than everything else in the stage, yeah. and you're like, well, I can't do anything about this. So you just keep holding right until you come across a flashy box, which is Sarah telling you, hey, try blowing up the power generators. Mm. <laughs> you're like, okay, well, I figured I had to do that to begin with. Then you blow up that one. Then you go back left, blow up that one. Then you go back right. <laughs> like, there's a, like it, it, it's not just a blow up the power generators as you see them. It's a, you need to talk to Sarah, blow up that power gener generator, and then blow up generators in order. And yeah. then you can go all the way right. And then you can fight the hunter killer, which takes about 30 shots in the upper half of the body. Yeah. 
which is a really simple boss fight. Like it, it's it's yeah, uh, it's not hard at all. Uh, but yeah, when once you pick up that uh, flashing box, which I guess is a communicator or something. Um, Sarah Connor just says, like, shoot them down. She says the order. It's just from uh, tallest to shortest or the other way around. Uh, yeah. But you still have to, of course, figure that out. Um, which one is the tallest and which one is the <laughs> shortest. Um, it's not that hard, to be honest. Like, there's only five. No. The stage is pretty short. And you can definitely see how high they are so that's not really the problem uh, but yeah the first time you're gonna play this level you are gonna mess it up and the problem is that you only know you screwed it up after you shot down the final <laughs> generator so it's not like it's re you get a message that oh you had to do a higher one uh, no, you can no. take them all down and then suddenly your character flies off the screen and it says, well, game over, you uh, you messed it up. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> so, yeah. True. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. I can see a lot of kids <laughs> being like, what just happened? That's why I preface this whole thing with I knew what I was getting into because yeah. I knew the developer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I knew they, of this stage before playing the game. I've never played it myself, but I knew that a lot of people have complained about this game. Um, because of this start alone already. And I think a lot of people stopped playing the game after this stage. Which is kind of sad, actually. I'll, I'll get into that more later. Uh, but yeah, this is a very weird thing to start on, for sure. Yes. Yeah, uh, so once you get past stage one, you go into Skynet. Uh, your objective here is to reach the Terminator storage area at the end of the stage. Uh, your hazards are Terminators and Tyrians, which are four-legged four -legged robots that either will A, not shoot at you, shoot grenades at you, or shoot bullets at you, and then you have wall guns. Um, this stage was actually really interesting because the stage has a lot of different paths to the end. Mm -hmm. And depending on the path that you choose in the stage determines how hard that stage is going to be for you. Um, I found that taking the lower paths were, were easy, uh, where it was easier with the exception of like the, these little like tight corridor shafts. Yeah, the so, final one, yeah. Yeah, so like at the end of it, you get to you get to shoot terminators, but there's also mines on the ground. And you could probably jump over the mines if your jumping is literally pixel perfect, but you don't have you you bonk off the ceiling, so you don't have enough jump room to jump over the mines. Mm -hmm. So you're better off just like running over the mines and before we get into all this, like your health bar, it has I forgot how many different segments in it, and the mind hit takes off about I think a third to a half of 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 a segment of bar. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's going to like one shot you or two shot you or anything like that, but it it does start to add up over time, especially if you're getting shot or hit by terminators. Um, and then towards the end, it's basically just a survive until John comes, which. I was very confused the first time I did this stage. I was like, "Am I soft locked? Like, what, what, what's going on? Like, I, 
I have no idea what's going on here. And and another another uh, crappy part about this stage is that there's a flashy box for Sarah to talk to you as well too. But oh. if you talk to it, it puts a damn timer on the stage. Really, I did not. I did not even find that thing. So yeah. Okay. So if if you there's a flashy box where if you t- if you talk to Sarah, she puts a timer on the stage. You're just like, excuse me. So huh. um, wait, yeah. maybe I did. F- I don't. I don't even remember. That's very yeah. Weird. I mean, it's not a hard stage by any no, means, but totally it, there, it, there's there's a lot of like, <laughs> should I go here? or Do I go this way? Because like, if you've played a lot of older games with different pathing, you're just like, well, if I go this way, maybe it's a dead end, or mm-hmm. if I go this way, like maybe this is a bunch of stuff that I don't need to do. Like, there's a, always that what if factor going into it. So, yeah. uh, even though it's a very easy stage, it does it does build up that anxiety a little bit. But once you get to the end, you basically just survive until John uh, goes into a goes into a door, and then you just follow behind John. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's actually a Terminator going in there. No, it's John. Aren't you playing as John? No, you're playing as Sarah on this, this stage. In this, oh, okay, we see. <laughs> okay, right. Fine then. Uh, yeah, so there are a few different doors hidden throughout the stage. So, like at the start of the stage, it says like you need to find the correct door basically to, to end the stage. So the first time you're playing this, you will probably just explore the stage, find the door, go try to go in there, and it's like, oh, this is totally not where you need to be. Um, that's the gist of it, really. Uh, for some reason, I just walked to the end of the stage and picked a random that's door, and that too. was the correct door. So I was like, okay, well, guess I, got, I just got lucky there. Um, but yeah, that's that short... Uh, that small corridor near the end, I can't jump over the mindset. No, I, like, I, I tried, tried but, I couldn't either. But I can't... Um, and I'm also not sure because there is an upper path there as well, but I couldn't get in there either. Like I, I always missed it. I tried it every time, but I never got got in there. So I'm not even sure if it's possible to uh, to go there. To be honest, um, one thing to keep in mind though, throughout stage one and two, you have the same health bar. So yeah. um, if you took a lot of damage during the first stage. You might have to play this one really carefully, um, but otherwise you should be fine. I don't even remember if there is any health pickup in this stage. I don't think so, actually. I don't so, think there is. Yeah, uh... so it's kind of scary. Um, but luckily, these two, these are the only two stages at this part of the game that are connected with your health bar. Um, yeah. So you just have to survive these two Um and then you're fine. Uh, because something we didn't mention yet, and this is where another big problem for a lot of people playing this game will come from, you have one life. That's it. There, there's yep. nothing more. There's no continues if you die in a later stage or something like that. You have one life. Um, which I'll come back to later as well <laughs> as to why that might be a thing. Uh, so, You mean the next stage? <laughs> not really no the next stage is a big issue (laughs) the next stage sucks yeah so but but uh, but yeah I I think there's another reason why there's only one life but I'll get come back to that later so yeah the next stage is rewiring the terminator 
Um, the stage is the the objective of this of the stage is complete the circuit board with within the elapsed amount of time. Yeah, uh, and you have to go through three different circuit boards. Yeah, a- and this this is the stage that blocked me for a while. Mm-hmm. This stage was this stage is brutally hard. Um. The first circuit board isn't too bad, right? You just change up like four wires to connect to make the connection and you're done. So the way this is, is if you play any type of like circuitry type game where you, it's basically you have to connect one point of the circuit to another point of the circuit mm-hmm. and call it call it a day. So the first one you do, you only have to connect like, like I don't know, it's like either four or six wires. And they're super easy because they're just angled wires. Very, very easy to do. Um, basically you do it in like 10 seconds and you sit around and wait for the, wait for the timer to go down. Yeah. Then the next one is a slightly harder one, but again, not too terribly bad. You basically just follow the, the ones, like there's a little square with a one in it. You follow that wire down and find the breakage and then connect it to the, to the power point for those four. And then you just connect it and the one's at zero. A little bit tighter, but again, you should have a you should have like 10 or so seconds left on the clock. The third circuit, though, oh, boy, is that third circuit tough. (laughs) So the third circuit has you going over this big square. Like, these circuits are super spread out. And even though the square, like, your your cursor moves at a decent pace, there is a ton happening, and things are so scattered about this board that you have to take a bit to figure out what the hell is actually happening, but you only have a minute to do it, mm-hmm. which sounds like a lot of time, but it really isn't a lot of time. And uh, I've I've finished this circuit with two seconds remaining. Um, once I finally got it, it, it this stage is bur- this this is this is the stage that will make you quit the game, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I, I can add to that that um, you might say after you've done it once, you're like, oh, I know the solution now. Uh, I should be fine the next time, which would be how it is. Uh, if not, there would be three variations per stage. Um, so you do not always get the same puzzle even when you... Uh, have to redo the stage so stage one has three variations stage two has three variations and well board one board two and and board three have three variations the one you're talking about in in board three is that really big one um but there are other ones um that are just as evil basically but that big one is really the hardest one you can get like that's just crazy the first time you see it and when i came to these stages and everybody should know this already. I am horrible at puzzle games. And you could you, you could say, but this is not really a puzzle. It's still a puzzle game. Like, no matter how you look at it, this is a puzzle. So for me, this was absolutely horrible. I got really mad at this. Um, one thing is, you do get two tries. <laughs> Over all the boards. Not, not per board, just two tries, um, which is fine. Um... But yeah, the first set is is usually easily solvable because there's not, like, any weird things in the boards. But from the second one onwards, and I don't know, maybe I just didn't understand this, uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. 
Um, so the way this puzzle works is there's four breakers that you have to connect to uh, the other four breakers, basically. But those one have like six or seven of them. And I couldn't figure out, at least the first time I played them, where the electric charge would come out of. So I had this puzzle solved and then it started, but then it didn't do anything because nothing came out of those breakers. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know if there's a way to tell, but I couldn't. Like, I couldn't see it the first time that I saw it. Oh. When, when I did this, I, I very much overthought the, the puzzles the first, the first few times I did this mm -hmm. because I'm so, I'm used to circuitry games where like, there's like breakers, capacitors, like there's a bunch of extra stuff that you have to like keep in mind, right? Yeah, like yeah, inverters yeah. and things like that. So like when you're doing this, there's a bunch of like squiggly marks that indicate like breaks or inversions yeah. or, you know, there's a bunch of little symbols along the way in like, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, okay. So like. What does this do? Like, what does this actually do? Like, do I need to worry about these at all? Like, do I need to like route this wire this way or something? And in reality, you don't have to worry about them at all because your power, your little circle goes right through them, and you're just like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Another thing to keep in mind in these stages is um, you are timed, and the timing does not mean the time you have to make the puzzle uh like the timing also indicates the period of time it needs for the electricity to go through the wires so in later boards you can have a solution but it's just too long and then you run out of time because the electricity cannot reach the end point so that's another thing to keep in mind with this puzzle but yeah this took me like oh, i want to say like an hour to get all of the different variations in my head and knowing how to solve them. Um, like you mentioned before, there is a little trick where you can press select to slow the down, time down. It didn't work for me. Maybe it's version based or something. I don't know. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know. But once you really know the puzzles... You solve them in like the last one, maybe in 30 seconds max. And then you're just waiting there. So yeah, in the end, this is a very obsolete stage, I would say. Um, because then you're just sitting there and waiting. Because you know how yeah. to do it. You're, you're literally just waiting for the timer to finish. But getting into these levels, starting from two basic platform shooting stages <laughs> and then getting this in front of you with only two tries or you have to restart the entire game is absolutely bonkers like i got really mad and that's mostly because i'm bad at puzzle games but yeah i really had to persevere to keep on doing these over and over again until i had them in my mind before i could even get to the the second part of the of the game basically well, it sucks because like I'm usually pretty good at like the circuitry style games. Like there's like some Japanese games where like you have your character at the top and then you press A and then you have to follow them down, you know, like a certain path to get to the end and whatnot. Like I'm usually pretty good at those types of puzzles, but like that third that that third circuit board 
man, I was just like, how, how do you like how, how do you <laughs> think this is enough time to do this? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that especially that one. The other two are okay, but that one is not bad. Is bonkers. Like, I I don't know why they put that variation in there because it's crazy. Especially because it's harder than the other two. Like, if it would have been, like, the same level of difficulty, fine. But, yeah, that one is crazy. It's your entire screen. is is wires, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's huge. And there's just so much going on. God, this, that stage sucks. Um, if you manage to get... I have no tips for you, by the way. It's just... You yeah, gotta, you, you gotta you figure do it. it out. Like... If you've done them a few times, you just know them forever, really. Yeah, so. you just you just gotta do them. Yeah. Um, then after that, you go into stage four, which is Los Angeles, nineteen ninety four, yeah. uh, which is probably where most people really start to remember Terminator Two. Um, your objective here is to protect John Connor, and this is the this is the the infamous. Uh, I'm on a motorcycle shooting a semi with a shotgun scene. Yeah. Um, and through the uh, through the through the water dam, so this is an auto scrolling stage, and you uh, you are John and Arnie in this one basically. Yeah. And the cool thing about this stage is that it just isn't a straight left to right stage. Like you have a Z axis now as well too that you can go up and down in. Uh, your hazards with this is the T-1000, who is driving the semi-truck, uh, barrels, and some pile of wheels. And uh, the goal of this is to shoot shoot the truck until it blows up, basically, mm-hmm. uh, avoiding obstacles. And if the truck does touch you, uh, you're, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, game, game, game over. <laughs> one hit, and you're gone. One, one hit, yeah. and you're dead. Um, but every time you shoot the truck, it does back away from you. Um, I don't know. This was a neat stage just because, like, this, the, the Z-axis type thing I thought was a nice touch. Like, it was, a, the angling was a tad weird with mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, overall, I thought it was a, a very interesting stage. Um, and then, yeah, as you shoot out the truck, the first thing that goes is the grill, then the front, top, and then the truck explodes after the fourth explosion. Mm-hmm. Um... Pretty self-explanatory stage, though. Honestly, it's not like the NES version. So if you ever if you've ever played the Terminator Two on the NES, when you get to this stage, there is no Z index, I believe, or anything, or Z axis or anything like that at all. I remember you have to aim the shotgun backwards and shoot to push the truck back. Then you have to aim the shotgun back forward to blow up your obstacles, and then yeah. you have to aim the shotgun backwards again. Like it's just the, the NES version sucks. Don't play the NES version <laughs> of this game at all. Yeah, it has um, the same mechanic with the shotgun in this one though. Like you do have to press backwards first before you're you actually aim backwards because otherwise you're shooting forwards. Yeah, but you can dodge the truck. <laughs> in this yeah, one. you you can dodge it usually. Um, the thing is, it does start catching up to you no matter... Like, even yeah. if you can shoot it, it, it eventually will catch up to you. Um, which doesn't immediately mean you lost, because you can get over the top of it. Like, if you swirl around it and, and go to the back of it, it's fine. You can do that. Um, but the thing is, like, this is a 2D game. So, you would think if I'm in a different lane than the truck... 
the truck would not hit me. That is wrong. Uh, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> like e even yeah. the even the exhaust pipe on top of the truck. If you just barely touch that, you will die. Um, but yeah, you can eventually get behind it, and then you have to wait until it drives off in front of you completely. And it's kind of timed. Like it's every ten seconds or something, he moves that many pixels forward. I, th I think that's how it's is programmed um, but you have to wait until the entire truck is out of the screen before it spawns on the left side again so that will take a lot of time so your best bet really is to kind of manipulate its movement at the start of the stage um, so it's basically as high up as it can be and then start shooting it constantly but every time you shoot it it will go downwards more and more uh, then you have to wait again until it pulls back up i guess um, but you can finish it in one cycle, if you can call it that. So uh, it just takes uh, takes some manipulating the movement of the truck itself. Yeah, I when I did this stage, I I think I had the pleasure of having played the NES version to understand how the truck and the shotgun just worked. Mm -hmm. um, like it, it took me a bit. Like I wouldn't say that I had a tr had trouble. Like I definitely had a little bit of trouble to start. Like I didn't die, but I definitely had trouble to start because I didn't because like I wasn't used to the Z axis. Like there's a lot of stuff to dodge. I was like, all right, like. But I think after like a f the first few seconds of the stage, like I finally started getting the gist of like how like rhythmically this stage works. So yeah. Um, it's it's not that bad of a stage, even though there's a lot of stuff that can just hurt you or just outright kill you. Uh, it's honestly not that bad of a stage. No. Um, then once you blow up the truck, you go into stage five, which is Cyberdyne. Uh, this stage, uh, this stage sucks. It's easy, but it's dumb. I'm sorry, but <laughs> so the the objective of this stage is to get some key chips, get an arm. And escape. Yes, an arm. I said it. Uh, your <laughs> yeah. hazards your hazards are the police, the SWAT team, and wall guns. And honestly, your biggest hazard in the stage are the wall guns. Yeah. Um So this stage is another one of those like where the hell do I go stages or what do I do? Um yeah, first you run right, all the way right, mm -hmm. you get a key, then you run all the way back left, drop down, shoot some cops. Grab that key, then go all the way back right again, and then slightly, slightly back left underneath the thing. Shoot some SWAT people, get an arm, and leave. Yep. That's that's the entire stage right there. But the fact that you have to know to go back left, then back right, and know what to kill is just dumb. And like, there's a flashing box in the stage as well too. Like Sarah's like, hey. Blah, 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 blah. But even still, you're just like, okay, well, I can't just go right. Now I have nowhere to go because there's a little lightning bolt thing in the way. So you go left. Like, okay, that lightning bolt's gone now. Shoot some cops. And then you go back right. Like, oh, that lightning bolt's now gone too. Shoot a SWAT member. John runs in, grabs the arm. And now you're just like, oh, that lightning bolt's gone now. Okay. Then <laughs> you just run out of the stage. It's 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 a really dumb it's super, super easy. Mm -hmm. Uh but it's just a dumb stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a weird stage, and I will talk a little bit more about this stage later actually. Um when we go 
into the speed run of this game. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's meh. <laughs> it's there. Uh, it's kind of like stage two. It's there, but right. Yeah, you don't really do much, and it's super short because it. If you would put it next to each other, it's maybe three screens wide or something. So it just go yeah. right, go left, go right, and, and you're out. Um, but the thing is, um, just like with stage one and two, having just one health bar, here you go into stage four, five, and the upcoming six, and you have one health bar to do all of them. Um so if you well, if you played it really bad against the truck and you hit every barrel and wheel you come across, you might not have enough health anymore to actually uh, finish this stage. So that that's a big problem. Another fun fact too is that in this stage you're you're Arnold, you're 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 the T eight hundred in this stage. Yeah, you have an ammo bar all of a sudden. Yeah. You didn't have an ammo bar <laughs> stage one and two, <laughs> yeah. or or four. In the future, they do not use ammo. They they use AK forty sevens. What do you but, mean they don't use ammo? They use AK forty sevens. Stage five is six, though. If you're already, you better have that ammo bar, though. Yeah. Oh my god, I was so infuriated. Like, it's a small detail, sure, but I was so infuriated <laughs> to see that I had an ammo bar all of a sudden in stage five. Yeah. And I was like, shoot, now I have to watch my ammo. I can't just start laying bullets out. I'm yeah, like, well, the thing is, the ammo bar is it's basically for the machine gun you have at the start of the stage, which you probably picked up from somewhere before entering Cyberdyne. And that is the one that runs out really fast. Like, yeah, if you try to shoot like three or four of those wall-mounted <laughs> guns, you there, there goes your machine gun. It's gone. And then you switch back to the shotgun, I believe, actually, um, which is just slow. It's, it's still as powerful, but it's just slow. Um, but yeah, the first time you're entering this stage, playing it casually, you'll be like, oh no, I have ammo now, <laughs> what is going to happen? Yeah. Uh, but uh, oh. yeah, you'll be fine, it's just going to be harder when you run out of the machine gun. It's not so much that I have to worry about ammo now, it's the fact that I didn't have to worry about ammo in the first two stages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I should have been. Yeah, it's, it's a weird change of, about it. change of pace all of a sudden. But that actually ties into the mechanics of the final stage of the game. Yes. They could have waited until then. Uh, but yeah, it's all set up for the final stage of this game, basically. Yeah, so stage six is the final stage, which is the the steel mill. So if you've ever watched Terminator 2, at the end, Arnie and uh, 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 the T-1000 decide to finally face off one-on-one in the, in the steel mill. T-1000 gets drop-kicked into the uh, into the vat of liquid liquid steel and melts. But uh, in this stage, it, this stage objective is to kill the T-1000. Uh, your hazards at this stage is, well, the T-1000. Mm-hmm. And uh, falling liquid steel. Yeah. So you have drips that come from the ceiling that, that will hurt you. Uh, but before you decide to to punch Robert Patrick in the face. Um, if you don't know who Robert Patrick is, he's the actor that played the T-1000. Yeah. Um, way at the very beginning, 
Trust me, a gun <laughs> yeah. will drop from the ceiling. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> um, the amount of times I've not waited for that gun and just decided to go right at him. Trust me. Wait for the gun to drop at the start. Um, then start just laying into him. Basically, uh, when you run out, you're gonna you. And it's not if you run out. When you mm-hmm. run out of mm-hmm. ammo, you're going to just basically keep holding right and punching him. Um, and then a, another gun will drop eventually. It's basically just a rinse and repeat, dodging the drips, try not to get owned by him. Uh, then once you get towards the end of the walkway, a grenade launcher will drop. Uh, it took me two. It took me two shots to get him off of the ledge. Uh, the T1000 will drop into the molten metal. Gone forever. Yeah, this this stage is. It has a weird mechanic that you will not get the first time you get there. Like maybe not even the second. Maybe not even the third. Um, you know immediately what you have to do, though. If you've seen the movie, at least you know. Oh, I have to push him back into, into that, uh, that bucket of <laughs> of molten stuff. Um, that's obvious. The thing is, how do I do it? Um, and yeah, you have no idea that guns are suddenly dropping from the ceiling. Yeah, like nobody warns you that that is gonna happen. Uh, so yeah, the, the entire thing is just pushing. Uh, the T-1000 backwards. And the guns that drop are different guns. Uh, it's it's not always yes. the same gun. Um, like, it, it starts with, I think, like some kind of Uzi type of submachine gun or something that, that pushes him back very far. Um, and then you just get a normal pistol. And it is a cycle of guns, at least. Yes. Um, yeah. You have to push him back. And I don't think it's based on positioning. I think it's based on damage, actually. Uh, like, halfway through, he suddenly turns into his... his... He tur- turns into metal. Yeah, yeah he turns he, into he, his Terminator, he, so. he turns into his not-human form skin, I guess. Um, so that has to happen, because otherwise you can't finish it anyways. But yeah, that needs to happen. But And I think it's... As far as I know, it's damage-based. It's not position-based. Um and then you have to push him back even further until the end. And then you have to basically get lucky to get <laughs> the grenade launcher. Uh, and that is the hardest part of this game. If you already have the grenade launcher and you're back in the cycle, starting with a Uzi, you have to keep him away from you the entire time while still dodging those, uh, those falling blobs in the stage. And... Just hope that another grenade launcher drops. And if that one drops, which only has five shots, I believe. Yep. It's it's like not a lot of shots. You have to be lucky enough that he's on the end side of the walkway where you have to use it to shoot him off. Because that's the only gun that shoots him off the railing. Um, so if you do not know the exact timing of how to do this in like one good cycle, basically you might get screwed there, um, which happened to me a lot because I I didn't understand the mechanics completely. Um, And once he turns into his quote-unquote steel form or liquid metal form or whatever it is... Steel, yeah. He does a lot of damage to you if you have to use your fists to push (laughs) him backwards. Like, you die in... trucking. Yeah, you just die immediately and keep in mind like i said 
you still have the same health bar you had during stage four and five. So if you took yep. way too much damage there and you only have like a sliver left starting this stage, you're not going to make it. Sorry. You, you're just not going to make it. It's not <laughs> intended to have yeah, the, that, that low amount of health. Um, a little trick that I found, um, if you shoot him off screen for you, he will not move towards you. So you can shoot him off screen, wait for oh. a gun to drop and then go in. Uh, but that doesn't work at the end of the stage, of course, um, because then you would have to walk backwards until he's off screen. So, but it's, it's I, at I least a technique. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I didn't it, know that was a thing at all. Yeah. I, uh, what I did, I, it took me three tries to finally kill him. Um, so what I, what I eventually did on my third try was literally just lay into him. And as soon as I ran out of bullets, I went in and started punching him. By the way, like the punching part is hard. Yeah, you, like it's not just that you walk up and punch him and spam. Like there's a you have to be a certain distance, and the and the mashing is rhythmic. Like it, it's not easy at mm -hmm. all. Um, yeah, you, and I literally just did that until I got the grenade launcher at the end. Yeah, you can't stand completely next to him because your hitbox of the fist will go through him. So you yeah. have to position yourself correctly that your fist actually hits his sprite. So it it is a yeah, hard stage. Yeah, and like what what Mo said, like when he turned into steel form, like he starts trucking. Like that's when I started having a lot of problems with the fight. The first half wasn't too bad, but it was when he went into steel form is when I started getting a lot of issues uh, with the fight, just because he just does so much damage. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, once he uh, once you drop him into the into the vat of liquid liquid steel, that's it's that's GG right there, basically. That's uh, the game. Yeah. That Sarah Sarah talks about some stuff and then the credits roll and you get to see like the five people that worked on this game. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's but uh, some cool things about the game though, or it's not cool, but glitches uh, in stage one. If you kill a Terminator, just one of them, a swarm of them will just appear out of nowhere. <laughs> so uh, I never had that. <laughs> Really, I ha I had this happen a couple times, uh, where I would kill a Terminator, but like nothing would happen. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But then I would kill a Terminator, and then all of a sudden I would have like four or five on the screen, just rapid fire. I was like, like what's happening? You know, like this didn't happen before. Uh, that I read online that this is actually a pretty common glitch with the game. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that that can happen in stage one, uh, and then in stage three. I know it didn't work for you, but it actually helped me a bit. It didn't. The slowdown wasn't really enough to really want to use or need to use select, mm. but it it does slow down. Just not enough, in my opinion, to actually warrant okay. using it. Yeah, weird. Yeah, for me it didn't work. For me, it's just or I just did it wrong in that stage. That's also a possibility. But in other stages, it just. <laughs> it just turned off the music and maybe that that is tied to why it slows down uh in level three or something oh maybe like yeah, you, I didn't think of you that. turn something off but the, yeah it doesn't really realize that you just turn off the music or i don't know might have something to do with that yeah i have no idea but uh yeah i mean that's that's the game right there that's terminator 2 yeah six stages with one being yep. a puzzle game Brutal. all of a sudden, <laughs> and one an auto-scroller. Uh, but besides that, it's just four 
basic platforming games with a cryptic solution to be able to beat them, I guess. Which, if you've played, if you played a lot of, if you've played the Bit Studio games, like if you've played Alien Three or like games developed by Jason Austin, f- expect some sort of like cryptic stuff into there. Yeah. Um, just because, like I've mentioned, in Alien Three uh, episode, like this is kind of the style that you go for, you know, like. He, you know, he liked those, you know, MS DOS type games with like with some of the the cryptic natures to them, and hey, like what is this type of do? Like the adventure style type things to them as well too. So, um, like I said, like I didn't play this game. I knew this game existed, but I didn't play this game until very recently, Same. and I I knew who developed the game going into it, so I had an idea of what to expect going into it. Yeah. Um. I, I personally like the game. It's it's it can be hard as balls at times, but I personally actually really liked this game. Uh, I really really enjoyed it. So, but yeah, it took me like two hours to beat. Eventually, um, yeah, I raged at the game for sure. Well, not raged. I, I I like got mad at some parts, but I did like playing this game. Uh, in the end, so... Uh, and yeah. that's all that matters, really. And something we didn't really say, but, like, these... Uh, uh, just the, the platforming stages, basically. The controls are really fluid. Like... The, Very good. I, I, it's incredible. Like, you don't really see that much on Game Boy. But, uh, yeah, it controls very fluid. So that that's a big plus that this game has, even though, like... You don't really get to use it much, but yeah, at least it works part... properly. So, yeah, like this game took me about two and a half hours. The only part I actually got mad at was the puzzle part. Yeah, yeah, same, same um, here. Really, that was yeah. really the only part I got, I got visibly angry at, um, just because like I, but only because I, I always ran out of time on that third circuit board. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but outside of that, no, like. Yeah, very good game in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's just not a straight platformer, and that's always appreciated. Right. Like it, it takes some liberties of trying to do other things. I don't know if the puzzle game was a good idea, but but at least it's I, something different. I appreciate that they that they added something like that in because you have you you know they reprogrammed the T eight hundred in the movie. Yeah. So I do appreciate that they had some sort of circuitry sequence in there, you know, like a, either a puzzle or whatever it may be. Um, I just think that the QA for the game needed to realize that that third circuit board either A, needed to be toned down, or B, another another minute <laughs> yeah, added to that, yeah. to that board. For sure, yeah. Definitely but, uh, because yeah. you can't continue because you always have to redo everything else that's the biggest issue with that really otherwise it yeah, would be the, fine but yeah the the one live thing was was tough and I, I get it you know like you die once in life like you're you're done right like yeah. i i get it i get i get the idea behind it uh and like i said i enjoyed the crypticness of it uh just because like i I really like Jason's games a lot uh, for Game Boy. I have really haven't ventured out of his games 
much beyond Game Boy, but the Game Boy games I have played of his, like I've very much enjoyed. I mean, I made an episode about Alien Three, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and but, I, I uh, can definitely see why you only have one life because even if it took me two hours to beat this game, the final try only took me like nine minutes. So yeah, it's a short. Game. <laughs> it's really, yeah. really short if you know what you have to do, and I. I think that's maybe one of its strengths that it is kind of like cryptic. So you have to figure it out before you can actually play it well. But it's also kind of its downfall for a lot of people who are just picking this up casually. Because uh, they, they're I, not going to like this type of, of gameplay at all. They're going to give up immediately. Which is sad because uh, it's it's actually pretty good. So... Uh, yeah, I agree to a point with that. I think opening the game with something cryptic, quote unquote cryptic, of blowing up the generators in a certain order, I think something like that on Game Boy might be for like level two or three mm, type yeah. deal. Uh, opening opening up with that, I think, might deter a few people. But I think as you progress through the game and like start to understand, like, oh, okay, like stage two was I had to do things in a certain order. Stage three was a puzzle. Stage four is, you know, a back and forth. Like, there, you know, there's so many different things happening. Yeah. I think, like, if you had if you had a better progression through that, I think it wouldn't deter as many players from it. But I think starting right away with, hey, you need to do this exact thing in the first level. If you don't do it, you're going to game over. Mm-hmm. I think that was a, I think that's a, I think a big, a big hurdle as, as an intro player to the game. Yeah. So. And then cover art, uh, I think it's from the movie poster. Yeah, it's one of it, the movie posters. <laughs> Nothing else, really. It, yeah, it's it's the left half is is Arnie's face. The right half is uh, is the is the T eight hundred frame, and it just says T. This is interesting. Just. You'll you you all will realize this with the next game, but it says T two Terminator's Judgment Day, Terminator two Judgment Day, T two Terminator two Judgment yeah. Day. Uh, you'll see why in a, in a, after this break as to why that might be a little confusing. So, um, anything else you want to add to this game? No, I'm just thinking, like, because we are going to dive into uh, the second game after this, that I'm just going to pull up the speedrunning section to this one before we take sure. a break, uh, just to, to keep things a little bit together. So, like I said, eventually what I did was finish the game in, like, nine minutes. Um, and that's because all these stages are so short that you are basically already speedrunning it <laughs> the moment you figure out what to do, because... You also want to keep your health intact for the later stages. Um, so you're trying to find ways to minimize damage and things like that. So basically you are speedrunning this game. And this is actually a pretty popular speedrunning game. Um, yeah. Even though it has that uh, weird puzzle section in the middle, which basically is half the run at this point. Um, like the speedruns of this game are between seven and eight minutes, I believe. Um, they're highly optimized because there isn't that much to do. Um, and they take advantage of manipulating the truck to 
kill it as quickly as possible and things like that and using the correct cycles in the steel mill to take out the t1000 as fast as possible but one thing um and i said i was gonna come back to stage five with uh, getting the chips and things like that um stage five is a lot easier in the speed run as well because you can actually shoot through those electric barriers they will shut off after a while so and instead of having to go all the way to the right to get the key card for the left door barrier you just shoot through it and you pick it up and go to the right of the stage and you're done oh so, really yeah i didn't so, know that so <laughs> it, it's even more simple if you know that uh but maybe and i'm not sure because i haven't really tried it myself maybe that machine gun and why it has ammo is because you can only destroy like one or two barriers with it and there's three i think um in total but yeah, there's uh, maybe that's why it had an ammo to it, so you wouldn't be able to do that. But yeah, you can skip basically half the stage this way. Uh, so oh, that's that, interesting. Yeah. So, but I would if if people play this game, and like I said, in the end you're gonna be speed running it anyway. So yeah, try it out. Like it's it's a fun short speed run. Um, you just have to wait a long time during the puzzles, but that that's all there's to it so it's it's a quick one to pick up and like i said the controls are amazing so uh it's easy to play as well cool but yeah terminator very popular in the in the early 90s yeah nobody right. likes the games but <laughs> like i never heard good things about terminator games uh so having having played the any so i i had the nes version as a kid uh, because Terminator 2, you know, I was a kid when it came out, and I loved the movie. Yep. So I had the NES game, and I absolutely hated, hated, <laughs> still to this day, 33 years old, hate that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's usually how it goes with these games. They don't have a good reputation at all. So, But the Game Boy game is, fair, is, is quite good. Yeah, so. but it also has the reputation of being an actual bad game because of mostly the first the stage. But... Yeah, and 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 it has the rainbow on it. Yeah, but yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about this game because, like, I I suggested this game before I played it, but I knew there was a lot more to it than what people kept saying about. Oh, this is unplayable because the first stage is impossible, and I was like, there's something wrong there. That doesn't that doesn't seem yeah, right. No, and yeah, I I actually enjoyed playing through it so. I think if people, people get over dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! I have to remember five. <laughs> <laughs> five towers what oh am I gonna my do? god <laughs> yeah. oh, how are you oh, I can't. how are you supposed to know what to, the game literally says it it's highest to lowest i mean it's, it's not that hard to figure out oh my god i can't follow the directions <laughs> uh <laughs> but i get the where, of... where they're coming from as a kid i would have been mad as well yeah the part I complained about is stage three, yeah. not stage one. <laughs> but no, nobody ever reached that, so... <laughs> no, no one got that far. <laughs> but yeah, this, this game uh, needs it needs a little bit more attention than it's getting, so here you go. 100%. Alright, we're going to take another sh quick short break here, and when we come back, we're going to dive into the second of two Terminator games for the Game Boy. Stay tuned.
right, welcome back everybody from that short little break here. So the next Terminator game we got is, you've probably have seen it in the arcades. It, well, Most definitely. The older people that listen <laughs> to this have seen it in the arcades. Um, we're talking about T2, the arcade game, uh, released in November of 1992. <sighs> Developed, quote unquote, <laughs> by by Beam Software. Yeah. Credits, however, thank the acclaimed development Black Team, um, and then the Game Boy Design and Programming was done by Rod Richards. Uh, there's some thanking for Midway. There's some thanking. There's just thanking everywhere for everyone. Um, this is a very Canadian game. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, Published by LJN, of course. Uh, the composer I found, his name is Marshall Par- Marshall Parker. Honestly, after seeing the credits at the end of the game, I don't even know if Marshall Par- Marshall Parker had any play in this game. It's just their name was attributed to the audio. So I'm like, well, maybe. So Marshall, you're you're now the composer of the T2 <laughs> arcade game for Game Boy. Congratulations. Yeah, it's um, it's a mess when it comes to that. Um, we we talked a little bit about it before we started the episode, but it should be Beam Software that developed it for sure. Um, and even though everybody says it's published by LJN before you even start up the game, it says a claim. Um, that's probably because a claim had bought LGN at that point, but they were still using yep. the LGN name uh, on their products back then. So it, it's a mess of things. Like Acclaim is also just a at least for Game Boy a publisher. So it would surprise me that the black team had any development for this game at all. Um so yeah. Yeah, it, it goes from Acclaim Midway to LGN logo and then it says Beam Software. It's a complete, complete mess. Um, I guess they just wanted to incorporate everybody who has worked on any of the versions of the T2 arcade game in this. Um, but yeah, this is definitely Beam uh, because they also made the Punisher game, which is also yeah. the same type of game. Yeah, like the... Uh... The, uh, the acclaimed black team, like I could tell you specifically Sega, what they worked on. Nintendo, I mean, they probably did some Game Boy stuff, right? But probably more than anything, they did SNES, right? Mm-hmm. They did um, um, Maximum Carnage, the red cart version. They did, you know, I know they did that game. Um, there's a few, like, wrestling games that they did. So, like, they, they definitely worked on some Nintendo things. Uh, but I think more... more Specifically, they worked on Super Nintendo. But. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, published by OJN or Acclaim, whomever you want to call it, composed by Marshall Parker. Um, the plot to this game, you guessed it, <laughs> it's the exact same as Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah. uh, literally verbatim, the exact same. Uh, three billion lives were lost in 97 uh three decades of fighting you start off the game in the future of la 2029 you gotta go get a t-800 protect john kill the t-1000 it's literally the exact same story 
Um, good. Thank. There's at least consistency, <laughs> right? Terminator Two and T Two followed the movie's plotline, and they didn't fear off with it in the video game. Yeah. Like like he did, like Jason did with Alien Three. At the end of Alien Three, she dies. She throws herself into the fire and dies because she's impregnated with the alien. Yeah. At the end of Alien Three video game, she flies off in some fixed ship with Bishop. <laughs> like no. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we have consistency in the video games this time around. <laughs> but uh gameplay so this game is a rail shooter so yep. it's arcade game uh a fires your main weapon uh b fires your rockets or your shotgun or your grenade your specialty weapon uh your d-pad controls your on-screen cursor and uh the start button pauses the game yeah So, rail shooters, right? You've all played arcade. Well, the arcade generation have played arcade games where <laughs> you know you pull up the you pull up the gun out of the holster and you you shoot the you shoot the baddies on the screen as they pop up and you shoot the power ups and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, mission one, you're in Los Angeles, 2029, the battlefield. So, going just in order here we're playing as john connor probably in this part of the game and the game starts off as a static screen just shooting the terminators as they as they walk in from left to right and mind you like there it, this to, to preface this game this game is not hard nope at all very this is the easiest rail shooter you've ever played in your life probably um the Terminators come in left to right, and you just literally just lay into them. They don't even have a chance to shoot at you. Um, and then the, the screen will start scrolling right, and you just keep shooting the Terminators as they come in. Your biggest priority target in this stage are going to be the flying drones and helicopters. You want I What I did with them, I just missiled them. Yeah, yeah. I just put the cursor up and missiled them and took them down. They went back to shooting Terminators on the ground. Try to pick up missile power ups as I as I, as I could along the way to keep sure my my missile count was high, uh, because in this game you have unlimited ammo to a degree. Uh, think of like a think of like a first person shooter game where you start shooting the gun a lot and the gun overheats mm-hmm. and you have to wait for the overheat to catch back up to use it again. Kind of like a very similar uh, approach to this where you can lay into a bunch of things with your main gun. But your ammo will deplete, but over time your ammo will rebuild itself. It's not like a traditional arcade game where you have to keep clicking or keep shooting the ammo to keep your ammo, you know, up. Uh, but the ammo you will you will and can run out of are like your rockets and your shotguns and your grenades and such. Uh, those do actually have a static count associated with them. Yeah, you can keep it from overheating by shooting some pickups throughout the stages, of course. Like, yep. if you play the Punisher, like I think we just glanced over that one, uh, maybe also in the Tiny 10 episode, but it's the same deal. Like, you never run out of ammo, but you kind of want to just do burst instead of just uh, yeah. shooting the entire time because then you're 
shooting so slow that things will start hitting you so you never want that to happen yeah no you don't <laughs> want that at all especially in the later stages of this game but the first stage is like you you get you keep going right and the the final boss of the stage is well the hunter killer remember the hunter killer in terminator 2 well same thing actually but uh this time around you have terminators running across the screen that you want to kind of prioritize and shoot uh, the Hunter Killer is going to shoot uh, missiles at you, uh, shoot them down. They're real easy to take down. Uh, what I did with the Hunter Killer is I just laid into it with missiles. Uh, yeah. I think I had like 50-some missiles at the end of the stage. I just laid into it with missiles and shot the Terminators as they as they came on the screen. Um, that's basically stage one. Yeah, you do have to shoot a lot of parts of the Hunter. Um, yeah, it's kind of absurd actually. <laughs> Sometimes what you yeah. need to shoot when it comes to bosses in this game. Uh, I think the same was with the Punisher when you had to fight the helicopter. Like you feel like it should be dead already, but there's like one part that you're still missing and you're not really sure what it is, and then you're just shooting well, it was the, like crazy. It was the boat. And the, the boat oh, yeah, there's the a Punisher. Boat as yeah, well. you had to shoot like eight panels off plus the guns. And, <laughs> yeah, oh, God. so it's hard to see on a Game Boy game because like things are not flashing or anything, uh, things that are no. hittable. So so you just have to guess kind. Uh, but you really just want to first you have to blow up like the machine guns on the side, then you have to blow up the hat, and then uh, his bottom part starts opening up. So you have to shoot uh, the missile launcher part of it and i mean it makes sense but you feel like you're shooting way too many things that are not significant to anything uh yeah but yeah that's that's really just it yep and then once you blow up the hunter killer um you get a get a mission accomplished type deal uh, in between, so I didn't mention this in the last game either, but in between stages you have little like cutscenes that are just debriefing you on what is about to happen or what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, so in this game here it tells you like, hey, the human hideout, blah, 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 you know, Sarah or Arnie or whomever is telling you about the, the whole thing and what needs to happen, the mission objective, uh, which actually I think is a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. You don't get to see that too often in Game Boy games. Uh, this stage I just thought was probably the, the second dumbest stage I've ever played on a Game Boy game. <laughs> um, you basically kill these James, James Dean looking Terminators. I think they're Terminators. They might be humans. I don't know. But they, they look like James Dean. If you don't know who James Dean is, yeah, he's a, he was a dude with a leather jacket, blue jeans, rode a motorcycle around, kind of looked like the Fonz in Happy Days. <laughs> yeah. Um... That's what these people look like. That's what their sprites mimic, and they look like James Dean or the Fonz. And you just lay, you just lay metal into them until they're dead. Um, in this stage, there's little balls that like kind of get shot and dropped on the ground. Missile them. Uh, I don't know what bad things they do. I just missiled them because I didn't want to take the chance, and I had a ton of missiles going into the stage to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, <clears throat> But this stage doesn't have a boss at the end of it. It's just basically, it goes right, you shoot a bunch of things until the, the screen goes goes white. Yeah, the thing to look out for in this stage, however, is um, you see people running around in the background. Uh, those are the ones that just 
run from left to right. Do not shoot those because those are oh, actually yeah, the yeah. humans, and uh, shooting those uh, will take your health down quite a bit. So, like the first time you're playing this, you're used to stage one where you just shoot everything, uh, and then you start shooting everything here, and suddenly you keep losing your lives. So, uh, yeah, make sure you don't do that. It, it's really only the quote-unquote Terminator human looking uh enemies that you have to shoot in this stage james dean yeah shoot james, <laughs> james dean. dean i guess yeah <laughs> i i will give the game credit so like we'll get more to this later but i did not like this game but i'll give the game credit it was detailed very well because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, like in this in this stage too you can see humans you can see like the human fighters like the soldiers bunkered behind like furniture and walls and stuff like as if they're like wait you know hiding from the bull you know bullet fire and whatnot like they the detailing of this game is is very good um, yeah if if you've ever seen the arcade game uh, not even played it but if you've seen like the demos run um, it only shows you stage one of course um, yeah. but you immediately recognize it on the Game Boy as well even though it's just just a few pixels uh but it's very recognizable at least uh when it comes to that stage i have no idea about the other stages because i've never gotten past the first stage in the arcade because it's literally impossible uh unless you keep putting in <laughs> credits of course but uh yeah maybe they do the, they did a good job of like translating those stages to uh to the little game boy screen at least and then, uh, yeah, mission three, you're in the Skynet area. <laughs> I was very confused on this stage because it felt like I was just on the moon in space. <laughs> it looks like it, yeah. But yeah, yeah. you're you're just in a in a base, really. <laughs> yeah, you're you're in Skynet, but like the atmosphere of it is like there's like stars in the yeah. sky, and like you're on the moon. It, it just it seems very out of place. Um, but it's it's basically the same stuff in stage one. Uh, Terminators from the side, missile the flying objects, uh, shoot down the satellite dishes. You'll get items and stuff. Yeah, um, in, in the first stage, like the buildings in the background, you can actually shoot, which is funny because it's like a huge skyscraper in the background, and you shoot one missile at it, and the entire complex goes down to the ground but like those hidden things that you can find one-ups and and shields and things like that in there yeah um kill another hunter killer um yeah yeah i I think like the hunter killer appears like halfway through the stage Mm. or something like that because there's still more after it um but again i by time i hit this stage i had a bajillion missiles like, you don't use missiles. Like, we were telling you to use missiles on certain enemies, but you honestly don't use all that many missiles in this game. Nah, just on the bosses. At least I didn't. Or on the... Yeah. On, or on the... Well, they're all mechs because they're robots. <laughs> like, you, you use it on those flying things and, and on bosses, and the rest, your gun is just fine, so... Yeah. Um, so I, you just have a ton of missiles for the, for the Hunter Killer, which is great, you know, because the Hunter Killer takes a ton of missiles to kill. But, um, yeah, you kill another hunter-killer halfway through the stage, and then you just keep progressing right again, uh, shooting more Terminators and more flying objects that are coming your way. Um, oh, and then you, then you get the wall boss at the end of stage yeah. three. I call it the wall boss. Um, 
This boss was kind of interesting because it was it was just it's it's a wall, right? It's it's a gate, yeah, or whatever you want to call it. And it's in four different quadrants, right? And you have to blow up the four quadrants and whatever else with it. But I found it just like interesting because like the think of like Contra one, right? Like when you go like, going to Contra, you have like that wall. You have to shoot that that little globe or that little like sphere yeah. to blow up. It reminded me a lot of that, but I was able to do it like first person now. You know, like it was kind of I don't know. I found it kind of interesting. Yeah, it wasn't difficult, but I found it interesting. It's a typical boss in these kind of rail shooters. Uh, I've I played quite a few. Uh, they always put up something like that. Yeah. So something that opens up and shoots missiles at you, and you have to like destroy yeah. the parts of it. So yeah, yeah, you destroy the four quadrants, and uh, that's the stage. You know, you move on to to Cyberdyne. Yeah. Um, now you're suddenly in 1990, whatever. Whenever. <laughs> yeah. Now you're in ni- now you're in 90, 94, 97. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Now you're in Cyberdyne, which this is another just into me excruciatingly boring stage. Um, this time around, you have rolling enemies, though. Like think of like the Hunchbacks from Castlevania. And then when they land, instead of leaping, they land and roll across the screen. Um, this stage was your typical, again, just like you have your static, pay, your static stage, shoots Terminators and the flying objects, but uh, this time they introduced a new a new enemy of like these little rolling guys. But again, like... Yeah, here you're fighting, like, just like in the other game you, now you're fighting the police basically instead of uh, yeah. instead of robots so you have the SWAT team and I think they summon helicopters to you and things like that so yep um, and I, yeah. I if I remember correctly because I did not replay this game I just looked at my video for it because like it's a rail shooter there's not that much to say about it anyways but I also think like John sometimes runs across the screen or, or Sarah one of the two that you cannot hit or something. Oh, they might. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that. And also, like throughout, you know how like in some rail shooters too, like the guy will like pop up like right on your screen, yeah. like, like that does happen in this game. It doesn't happen often, but it it does happen. And mind you, the detailing of that when they pop up into your screen is phenomenal. Like all props to the graphic design team for this game. Just phenomenal job. And that's the only credit I'm going to give this game. Um, but yeah, Cyberdyne, you, you, you shoot the cops, you shoot the SWAT team, you blow up the helicopters. Uh, they got to retrieve the arm, remember. So, um, yeah, then you go into Mission 5, which is the steel mill. Yeah. So we're at the end, we're at the end of the game uh, with five missions. This was my favorite stage in the entire game. This was the best stage hands down in the entire game um the goal of the game is to protect or the goal well the goal of the game is to kill the t-1000 and to protect john but the goal of this mission is to protect john and to destroy the t-1000 um to start off this stage the t-1000 is going to walk left and right in front of this excuse me liquid nitrogen truck and what you need to do is you kind of have to lead your bullets a bit but you need to shoot the truck 
to drop the liquid nitrogen onto the T-1000. So after a while, the T-1000 starts to get a little angry, and then we go into like another phase of the stage where you just need to start laying into this T-1000. And if you've ever watched Terminator 2 movie, you notice that whenever, whenever the T-800 lays in the T-1000, the T-1000 kind of starts to split and heals itself and has holes through it that heals himself. Yeah. They actually depict that in this game, and it's super cool that they do that. Um, as you're laid into this thing, you can see the head start to split in half and it heals again. Then he pops up in your face, and you got to lay into him there too. Like They did a phenomenal job with this final fight. Um, and then towards the end of it, uh, you just basically you start nading the hell out of him in the center, and then he's going to fall into the vat of liquid metal. Game over. But Mission 5, so good. The best mission in the entire game. And they did such a good job with just the fine detail of the fight. So good. Be <laughs> this this mission is worth playing through the game. Yeah, it's it's totally completely different because there's like hidden mechanics that you have to use or abuse to uh, to actually progress through the stage, which is really really cool. Um, the in between part is actually kind of funny uh, when you're moving from the truck to to the actual mill. Um, like these guys on ropes are gonna come down yeah. and try and shoot you. <laughs> yeah. but you can just shoot the ropes and then they they just fall off the <laughs> of the stage, which is pretty funny. Um, what I don't understand, like throughout this part, ammo will start dropping from the ceiling, um, and it's for your shotgun, for yep. sure. But I have no idea what those sprites are. They do not look like shotgun shells at all. I don't know what they are. They, they just look like yeah. dirt dropping from the ceiling or something. <laughs> but you have to shoot all of those to get more uh, ammo. Uh, but it, it's not super necessary. Um, because if you die, you start again with 32 ammo anyway yeah. so it, it doesn't really matter that much um but yeah the final part is cool because and this took me a while because again i didn't understand it completely at the start but um the way that the final fight works is you do have to lay some damage on him you actually want uh, to go through his cycles um because at the end he will fall into the middle of the stage and that's where he needs to be you have to have him completely in the middle of the stage. Um, and then you have to shoot him as back, much backwards as you can, just like in the platformer game, but then first person. Um, and <clears throat> then you have to pay attention because ammo still keeps dropping from the ceiling and you have one chance to pick up the grenade launcher again yep. uh, by shooting it. And it has two bullets, that's all it has. So he has to be at the end of the walkway. You have to shoot him once, uh, causing him to split open. And then yep. you have to shoot him again to uh, to make the T-1000 fall off, which is really cool. But if you're not paying attention, you will not even realize uh, the grenade launcher was dropping. But it's a really fun stage uh, because of that. It is literally the best stage of the game. It is the only stage worthwhile in the game. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you like rail... I like this game just because it's a rail shooter and 
it's sad that only this one and the Punisher came out. The Punisher is way better, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, like I these types of games, but this one, yeah, th- this is the only fun stage. The rest is really just run of the mill shoot. What, what you see, honestly, like I think the reason I th- I didn't like this game and I thought it was just so just aggressively boring is that there is zero music that in is this game. a huge problem with it yeah. um there's only the only song that you get to hear is at the beginning of the game and i think maybe during the credits but during these stages there is zero music it is completely silent the only thing that you get to hear are the sound effects and yeah which is really weird because the punisher actually came out before this game so this is the second game they made so they had the technology already ready to make a game like this um but the punisher it has different tracks for all the stages um your cursor moves way faster in that one um and I don't know, it's it, it's just a little bit more polished than this one overall. Um, I don't know why this one doesn't have any music. It's it's very eerie even when playing it. Because yeah. I thought maybe it had the same thing that like you can press select to at the start of the menu and like the music is off uh, by default. But there's no menus or anything. So yeah, the nope. game just doesn't have any songs in it. And it's boring. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, it, it seems like, honestly, like, looking back, like, having played it, looking back at it, and now having, doing a, you know, rate notes and doing an episode about it, it honestly just feels like it wasn't finished. Yeah. Could like, be. it feels like Could they, they spent a lot of their time on that final mission, right? But it just seems like the game just was not finished at all. Um just because of like how short some of the missions are and just how lacking some of the missions are, it just seems like it wasn't ready for release, but they had to release it because movies. Yep. Um, that might actually be the case. Because, like I said, it's weird because The Punisher is so much better than this one. Oh, it's, it's, the sa- it's the same team that did it. Like, So they already had everything. They just had to do the sprite work basically so yeah they had the engine ready so yeah i don't know i really don't know what happened there yeah the the punisher is was night and day uh better than t2 i don't i personally don't like rail shooters on console i love playing them on on the actual (laughs) cabinet but i i really don't like playing rail shooters on console i just just don't enjoy it but uh yeah, especially these ones where you can't actually use a gun. Like it, having yeah. to move a cursor around is kind of breaking the point of what these games are, of course. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, espe- I like especially, both of especially something like the Game Boy or like the Super Nintendo because you have to use your D pad, right? And like yeah. doing D pad angles and stuff like that can be a little little janky at times. Like on like the PlayStation and stuff where you have like the analog sticks. That's a little bit better. Like the N sixty four, you have that you have that little Z joystick. Like that wasn't bad. Like I still didn't prefer it. Like, I would still prefer the cabinet, but the the analog sticks definitely made things a bit a bit better. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the, like the D pad in general, like the the D pad in my opinion could never 
perfectly or near perfectly replicate just the sense of the aim and the aim and shoot like an analog yeah. stick can almost do so yeah and yeah another thing that the punisher did better um in this game when the enemies appear on screen and they start shooting you you immediately take damage um yeah like which, which is a problem because and especially in this one because your cursor is so slow if you're on the other side of the screen you have to go all the way to uh, the left side or the right side <laughs> wherever it is um and the punisher does this better as well because even when they start shooting you in that one it still takes like a second a second and a half before you actually would start taking damage from that animation so yeah i don't know what happened with this one <laughs> like it might be unfinished yeah it, it might have been released too early <laughs> it's because they had 14 developers and 13 publishers <laughs> yeah. working on the game uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know like like when, when i played it i was just like oh, oh like i I liked the Punisher, but it's a game I would not, I would never want to play again. Yeah. Right on the Game Boy, like I liked it, but one and done for me. Yeah. And I played this, and I was just like, oh, there's no music. Oh, this is boring. Like, like I was, I struggled to get through this game, not because it was hard, but because it was so boring. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it is a it is a short game though it is a very Absolutely. short game uh it's it's longer than uh the punisher for sure um yeah but yeah it took me 35 minutes blind to get through this game so uh anybody can beat this game for sure like there's nothing to it and yeah okay there's no music so my best solution for that just put on the terminator team on youtube there's like a 10 hour long version of it <laughs> Just play that in the background while playing this game, and you have one of the best songs ever written for movies uh, playing in the background, and you can shoot some Terminators. So, I mean, what else do you need? Of course, there's a 10 hour loop of the Terminator. Of theme. course, I, why it's wouldn't amazing. there be? Oh my god, <laughs> it's so good! <laughs> but yeah, like I said, like mad props though to the graphic design team. The yeah, game graphically was so, so well done. Yeah, translating the graphics from the, the arcade game to the Game Boy screen, uh, especially with the close-up um, enemies and things like that, it, it worked out really, really uh, well. They, yeah, graphic team did a phenomenal job uh, of, with this. Rod Richards, if that was you, mad props to you. Uh, Marshall... You didn't have any songs in this game. I'm sorry. No, no props to you at all. Um, I'm kidding, Marshall. If you're listening to the podcast, I still, I still appreciate you. I just don't know what other games you did because I can't find any information about you. So, um, <laughs> um, cover art. This cover art is interesting because I've seen this before, but not on an actual game box, but as a poster in an arcade. Yeah. So the 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 cover for this is T2 arcade game in the top right corner and it has the term it has a terminator front and center 
with an arcade cabinet of Terminator 2 Judgment Day in the background. Yeah. Uh, an actual cabinet of it. And it says number one arcade smash. So like I've never seen this on a game box until now. But I have seen this poster. I think I even owned this poster uh, <laughs> because I've because I saw it all the time in arcades. Because whenever you would walk into an arcade, they would always have posters up of new cabinets that they had in the uh, in the arcade. And I remember one of them being the Terminator game, and I remember it being this exact poster, a bit bigger and more longer, obviously, yeah. more more to more to show. But uh, this exact poster, like I said, I think I actually own this exact arcade poster as well, too. So, kind of cool that they're able to, like, shimmy and fit all of that into uh, yeah, into in, the in cover. So, yeah. uh, I do have one thing to say about this. Is it, <laughs> the, heart, it's from... is it the heart? Is it the heart in Arnie's eye? No, no, no. I did not even see that. But just the more I stare at, at the exoskeleton of the Terminator, <laughs> the more I think he has a mustache. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, I know it's he supposed has, he, to be a scary image, but now I'm just laughing because it, it really <laughs> looks like he has a mustache. It's so good. He, it has a lazy eye with a mustache and human teeth. Oh my I god. I never I never examined this exoskeleton at all until now. Yeah. Like maybe it's just the shading they used for the for this cover or something. Uh but but the <laughs> nose holes basically they, they just look like a mustache. It's so good. Oh man. It's like one of those it's... uh Hercule Poirot mustaches like it it's amazing. And the other thing is too is that I don't think they had human teeth either. Uh, I think they teeth. do. Yeah, I think they do. Do they? Well, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Well, yeah. In the po- the poster they do because I just in grabbed the po- my poster. Yeah, in the, the poster m- they do. In the movie, I'm not sure, but but they do have to like look like humans, so it would make sense they would have human-like teeth. Yeah. Well, here we go. Right here. Yeah, no, they do the movie as well. Yeah, yeah, I just okay. found yeah if, if you don't stare at it, you probably don't notice. But Yeah, uh, interesting. It, the nose cavities are just... It, it, the, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's too good. It's a mustache. <laughs> well, no. No, in this picture, they're... I mean, they have human-shaped teeth, but their teeth are silver. Silver, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. So did they yeah, did they change it for the, I don't know but <laughs> this this Terminator looks very very funny. If you would put a fedora on his hat, it would be like hey. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually do that in Photoshop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. Like I like like I said, it's cool if they were able to smash it all to fit onto a Game Boy box because like the Game Boy boxes are are quite small. Um, so it was actually pretty cool to see it be able to like fit most of this poster into that box. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, what else do you ask for for a T two arcade game cover, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the actual arcade poster. Yeah, it, it this this image, so they didn't change anything. Yeah, it's the exact same image, <laughs> just you know, bigger, obviously. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, like if I own it, it's in the it's in the manual box where the rest of my arcade right. posters are. So, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I want to give the game more credit because, like, like I said, like they did a decent job porting an arcade game over to a, to a, to the Game Boy. Gra- graphically phenomenal job. Audio lacking. Mm-hmm. Gameplay quite lacking, right? Because it's just boring. Uh, until you get to the final stage, so like I want to give the game credit. I, I it honestly just like retrospect, it just feels like the game was not finished. Yeah, it was re- it was an it was an unfinished released game. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, the lack of music is already really weird. So yeah. Yeah, but that was, uh, that was uh, the second Terminator game on Game Boy. There's no speedruns with this, at least I can find. Mm, yeah, like, <laughs> why would you? Uh, like, us putting Punisher in Tiny Ten was kind of a joke, but... <laughs> yeah. You can do it, but it's an auto-scroll. It's literally an auto-scroller. <laughs> you can't speedrun an auto-scroller. All right. <laughs> Don't at me. You can't speedrun an auto-scroller. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we've already given you all of our history about these games, haven't we? No, well, I t- my thoughts, for sure. History, not really. In my case, but you know what? We'll we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll give our history of the, the other games because I don't think I gave my history either. Yeah. And then we'll go into the whole community events and stuff like that. So yeah, stay tuned. We're gonna take another quick break, and when we come back, we'll uh, give you more more of our inside for these two games. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. We'll start with you, Mo. Mo, we, you, we've, you've already given your thoughts, but what is your history with yeah. the two Terminator games? I have literally zero history with uh, with both of these games. Like, I, I never played them when I was a kid. I never even played any of the Super Nintendo or NES versions or things like that. I knew these games existed, but I... Like, nobody I knew had them, and and neither did I, so I never really touched them. Um, The only one I played was uh, the actual arcade game, and like I said earlier, that one was so unfair, probably because they put it on the highest difficulty that I never even got past the first stage, so I can't really compare uh, the arcade game with with the Game Boy version. Like, I've never seen the other stages in that game. Um, I do remember the gun very... Well, because it was this huge black mounted yep. thing. Uh, it weighed a ton. That because it well, that's why it was mounted because you could never hold that thing in your arms, anyways. So I do remember that. But yeah, ju- just a little history. Really, arcades don't really exist in Belgium. Like the only arcades you can find are at the coast. Um, in some. Uh, 
some cities there. Uh, there's there's like a few, um, and those are like pretty big, and you can do a lot of things there. But like beyond that, you cannot find a single arcade anywhere else. Uh, basically in Belgium. Uh, but what we do have is um, when there's things like, uh, I guess you can call them town fairs or carnivals, when those come around, um, they always have, uh, besides like the normal things like fishing for ducks or throwing balls into hoops and things like that, they always have like an quote-unquote entertainment section as well. Um, and it's something we call a Luna Park. I don't know if that's a term used in America, actually. I don't know if that's a thing there. I have never heard of it. Yeah, see, so that, that that's a thing we call a Luna Park. And that's where they have these arcade cabinets. They have the grappling crane games in them. And those, uh, what we call bulldozers. Uh, the things where you have to put those fake metallic coins in and, and it moves towards you and backwards and you have to push more coins off and then they fall into a little thingy it's it's kind of like pachinko but uh, oh I, I know what you're talking about yeah, 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 yeah we call those bulldozers because they go backwards and forwards the yep. entire day. so that's the thing where we get to experience playing uh, arcade games most of the time and and that's this was one of them that was always there um when it comes to rail shooters uh first there was airwolf uh, most people know the <laughs> NES game as well. Uh, that's a very old one, <laughs> the arcade very one. Very old. Um, and then you had this one together with uh, Generation X, uh, yep. the uh, Aerosmith one. Uh, those were the two always present. And, and then those were very typical rail shooters for back in those days. Uh, but they were set on such difficulty that you... You would never get anywhere, sadly. Um, yeah. But what I do remember is the first time that uh, Time Crisis 2 came around. And that oh, is yeah. the best quote-unquote rail shooting game uh, ever made. Uh, I've never seen the first one in arcade, at least. I've only played uh, the second and the following Third. ones. Uh, yep. Three, uh, what was the other one called? It's not Time Crisis, but something else Crisis, and it had this big blue machine gun instead I, of... I know uh, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. All, something with Crisis, but same developers. So I've played all of those for sure, but Time Crisis 2 was a revelation because um, I love that game. I am so... Well, was so good because it's been more than 10 years since I've actually still played it, but I could Price once you see that. Like, I, I was so good at that game that I just needed one coin to finish the entire game. So they didn't really uh, get a lot of money <laughs> out of me on that game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that one, that one I think, and I'm not sure, but I think that was the very first rail shooter game where you could actually hide and not get hit by bullets. Um, well, Time Crisis won, of course, because. It, but I mean, that series I think was the first rail shooter yeah, you where had you could a, do that. You had a pedal that you could duck, that you can make your character duck yeah. behind the wall, yeah. and, and that made it very accessible for everybody, really, because you could actually not get hit by things. And these older arcade games, um, just like I said with with this Game Boy version, like the moment a thing pops up on screen and starts shooting at you, you're taking damage and. That wasn't that much fun, I, in my opinion. But I, when Time Crisis rolled around, I, I just love those games. They're, those are so much fun. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my only history I have with 
T2D arcade game uh, and, and nothing else really. Um, another fun thing though, uh, we talked about it a few times, we, well we mentioned it a few times, um, in Terminator Skynet takes over the world, that's, that's basically the premise of it, uh, which is a network um, that keeps expanding itself. And one of the very first internet service providers in Belgium, they called themselves Skynet. So that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> and what's even more funny is like, you will never have to worry about Skynet because they went like bankrupt within a year. So that, that's how good Skynet is. <laughs> well, so, there's, yeah, the t- there's the TV service for... Uh... Britain or Britain and Canada called Sky, so Sky, yeah. Sky the Sky Network. Yeah, yeah, Skynet is kind of still around, but it just got bought off by another company when it when it went around down the drain. But I always found that funny that the first internet service <laughs> provider we got was Skynet, and they totally failed at everything. So that's always nice. <laughs> So I, I have so many good histories with, with Time Crisis. Like, oh man, I've played so much Time Crisis in my life. Yeah, I love it. Like, I, I still have all the guns for PlayStation as, as well. I don't yeah. ha- I, I actually don't have a copy of Time Crisis 2, weirdly enough. Uh, I have oh, really? T- I have uh, Project Titan, which was the PS1 only game. Like, there wasn't an arcade version of that. I have three, I have four... But I don't have one and two, weirdly enough. And I love those games. I should get them, probably. Because <laughs> I do miss playing those games. And now that I have a CRT, I can actually play them. Yeah, I, I have one, I have one, two, three. And I, I have a way of playing Crisis Zone. Um, oh, Crisis which, Zone. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. That one was fun as well. But that thing weighed way too much. Yeah, but I remember, I remember Crazy Awesome and I. Uh, he came, he came over to a friend's house and he brought his Time Crisis stuff with him, and like it was like the two Time Crisis guns. And I think there was like a pedal involved too to hide. Like it was a whole yeah. thing for like the PlayStation. And man, him and I played that thing a ton that weekend. Like it was so fun. God, I love Time Crisis. Yeah, if people don't really play. Any rail shooters, definitely check out that series if you've never yeah. heard of it. Like, it's so good. Like, even on PlayStation, it's really good. Just a lot of fun to play. But, yeah, my, my history with this is... So, in, um, arcades were popular in America, right? In the mm-hmm. 80s and early 90s. Um, like, we had, we had Aladdin's Carpet. We had um, Chuck E. Cheese obviously had a ton of arcades like anywhere you went had had some sort of cabinet one or two cabinets or more um, and where I, I grew up in a pretty part pretty poor part of America where we had we had an Aladdin's carpet but it was in a rundown mall that wasn't upkept very well but in there they had terminate they had T two and they had this sniper game too, which is sni- it was oh, like a yeah. big, big Scope. like fifty cal sniper rifle. Sni- the thing sni- weighed isn't it just called sniper scope or something. Might have been, but this, the the gun weighed like fourteen tons when <laughs> yeah. you're you know five years old, and uh, yeah, you know, so like I, I played T two once or twice on the arcade, but yeah, I never got very far. You know, five or six years old, but uh, I mean, our arcade cabinets were everywhere. Like you go into the laundry laundry mat. 
arcade cabinet. They're like two arcade cabinets. They're like Bart, you know, The Simpsons or something else. Or mm, you go yeah. into a convenience store uh, or a gas station. There's one or two arcade cabinets in there, like Pac-Man, Space Invaders, something. Like there's always arcade cabinets. And all of a sudden, like mid to end 1990s, they were just gone like that. Yeah. So, um Luckily for me, I live in an area where like a lot of this older retro stuff is starting to come back to light again. So we have a we have something called a barcade yeah. where I live, where it's a it's a bar in the center of the building, and then around it is arcade games. And like they have games like they have like Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior, Rampage, and they have some newer ones as well too. Killer Queen Bee, Pinball Machines, you name it. You know they have all this stuff in there. Basically, it's a it's a it's a '90s kids, you know, adult playground. But at this point, yep. <laughs> um, so uh, it's cool to have some of that stuff, you know, there. I mean, I haven't been since COVID, but uh, hopefully, it'll be still around once all this stuff clears up. But yeah, that's like my my most of my history with the Terminator c- games come from the NES game that I had as a kid. Uh, I just remember just excruciatingly hating the game. I remember watching my mother beat the game. But I could never, I I could never get past most of the stuff in the game because the game was just so hard and just so unfair. Um, and like I said, like I knew these games existed on Game Boy because I know Mo and I have talked about them in the past, especially T Two Arcade when we were playing The Punisher. Um, so like I knew these games existed, but like no having the history and like just movie games in general just having a bad rap. I was like, I really don't want to play these games right now. <laughs> And then, uh, lo and behold, I was very surprised to really like Terminator 2, and then I, I kind of had a feeling I was not going to like T2 Arcade, but it was a lot worse than I anticipated because of the reasons mentioned earlier, <laughs> yeah. so. Uh, but yeah, with that, anything else to add there? No, I think that's about, uh, wraps it up for sure. Cool. Let's see uh, what community events are happening. Obviously, you know this just coming out in what a couple weeks or whatever. So GDQ is is over. Um, let's take a let's take a peek here. When is this coming out? The seventh, what tenth, the twenty fourth? Is that when this is going out? <laughs> uh, no, sixteenth. Oh, next week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, well, we have, let's see here, we have something called UKSG Winter 2021, I don't know what that means, but it looks like a speedrunning event with various, uh, European runners, um, they have some Pokemon, and some Resident Evil, they have, we got Pokemon, Metal Gear, and Zelda. Your typical Game Boy <laughs> submission. Yeah. So, um, that is on Friday, uh, Friday the 29th, uh, January 29th, uh, just that weekend. Then we have, let's see here, not much going on the rest of this time. People don't have, uh, Stuff in the in the calendar event yet? I know Midwest Speed Midwest Speed Fest Winter Edition is going to be coming up here relatively soon as well. 
uh, the Midwest, the Midwest, uh, 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 winter whatever the hell they call it i forgot what they call it now yeah but that'll be coming up sometime in february i believe let me take a look here no that's 2020 no last replied six months ago so yeah midwinter speed sprinter there we go yeah, uh, um, <laughs> looks like March sixth to March eighth, poss- possibly. Probably still up in the air right now. Um, we'll see how how COVID wants to how COVID wants to to behave in the next coming months. Maybe that'll yeah. get changed up. Mm, uh, I doubt it's puts. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, uh, Midwest Speed Fest will be having its spri- its mid spring speed fling. Say that ten times fast. Uh, April twenty second to the twenty fifth. So you, I believe you have time to still submit for that as well. Uh, you don't have to explicitly be a part of the Midwest USA to submit. I've seen some other people outside submit as well. Um, what else we got going on? I know Retro Gaming Live. Our our friends over there have uh, have things coming up. I just don't know exactly what things they have coming up right now. Nothing has been announced so far. No. Not yet. Okay. So I know they have things coming off or coming off coming up uh, with the new year. You know, right? We have the we'll have the Tiny Ten remix. We'll have uh, the RGL's Valentine special. We'll have. Um, Probably Retrothon in April, and then obviously we'll have SGDQ in May or June. They say to be discussed with May or June. Let's be fair. Um, so yeah, not a lot of stuff set in stone, but we're 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 basically restarting the marathon cycle again. So yep. getting ready for that revamp after the holidays. So we have some immediate things coming up with uh, some dates to be discussed, but some things that are coming up. We do have the Kirby Relay as well. I should mention this because people on the Kirby Discord might get a little mad. Uh, we do have a Kirby Relay, which is our third annual Kirby Relay, I believe. Um... What it is is that it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a relay race between typically um, American runners and Japanese runners, but this time around it looks like the people are kind of getting um, mashed up because we just don't have enough runners in both sides of the thing anymore. But how do I translate this, this, this page? I don't know how to translate pages, apparently. Um... But that is coming up. It's usually in April, around the time that Dreamland's uh, release was, so April 20th. <laughs> so keep an eye on that. That'll be uh, that's going to be a pretty loaded, uh, a pretty loaded relay. Oddly enough, Dreamland One is just not in <laughs> okay. this relay because no one wanted to run it. Um, okay. <laughs> Honestly, like no one wanted to run Dreamland one, so they just literally cut it from the relay. But uh, they'll have the uh, Dream Course All Challenges KDL two, um, um, Adventure Superstar Block Ball, which is weird to have K sixty four Air Ride Brawl, um, 
Amazing Mirror, uh, Meta, Meta Nightmare Returns, Nightmare in Dreamland, Triple Deluxe, uh, Superstar Ultra, I don't know what KCC is, and then KDL3. So about 15 and a half hours, uh, give or take. So that is, nice. uh, like I said, probably going to be around April sometime. I don't have exact dates because I can't read Japanese. But, um, yeah, keep an eye on that. If you like Kirby, it's it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of Kirby. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it looks like it's West it's Western runners versus Japanese runners again this time around. So I was a part of the, the Kirby Relay 1, which was super, super fun. I really enjoyed the first first Kirby Relay that we did. And everything is, is, is um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Japanese timed, RTA timed, whatever it's called, from the start of, from yeah. the time you turn on your console to the end of the credits. Like, that's how things are timed. So... It's uh, it's a it's a good time, honestly. Like, check it out, even just briefly. It's it's pretty cool to see, just how talented and how different the two community, like the, the the two pieces of the community, actually are, and how games are approached. So, um, yeah. As as the year continues, we'll have better dates and better things in place. But just giving you a heads up of what events are coming within the next few months. All right. Any questions? I don't see any in Discord. We do not see have a lot any of questions. No. I see. I see a lot of memes. I see a lot of gifs. Like usual. Yeah. <laughs> per just, normal. Just Arnie things. <laughs> per normal. All right. Um, do you want to do the outro this time? Sure, I can definitely Hell do yeah. the outro. Yeah. So yeah. With that, we are going to wrap up this episode. Um, so if you have any thoughts of and suggestions for us, uh, you can always reach us through many, many, many things. Um, foremost, you can, of course, on SoundCloud, like, give a little comment on our videos. Videos? Yes, SoundCloud definitely definitely has videos. See, I'm very good at this. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can, you can post a comment, of course, on the audio tracks that we have on there but you can also definitely find videos uh, because we do release these episodes on youtube as well we don't have a uh how do you call it an actual link uh oh yeah we don't have enough subs yet to get yeah, a, uh, to do that but uh, but that's not really a problem because we do, of course, have our website. This is Gameboy.com where you can find a link to the YouTube channel as well. Besides that, you can, of course, find the information about all of us here. Uh, like for me, for instance, you can reach out to me on Discord, uh, of course. Uh, but you can also find me on Twitter, Twitch and YouTube all under slash Moolah. And that's uh, spelled M-O-E-L. L-E-U-H. Um, I actually this this is this is new. This is new. I mentioned it before. Uh, but I you can also find me under the same handle on Instagram. And I can say that I actually posted something for the very first time on there. <laughs> so um, yay, content over there. Uh, it has nothing to do with, with Game Boy, but hey, it's content nonetheless. And it was su such a unique post that I did that I actually immediately 
after after posting it like within five seconds i got not only nominated but also received an instagrammy so yeah that's how good my content on instagram is um but yeah besides my things where can they find you e bloody candy you can find me on twitch twitter youtube instagram and tiktok all at e bloody candy yeah there real you go. real easy and yeah, then obviously we, you can. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we we make it easy for you, of course. Try um, to, in a way. <laughs> yeah, but of course, uh, these episodes wouldn't sound as good as they do without our producer, uh, Lex, and you can contact her as well through Discord. Um, they're just Lex. Um, on YouTube, you can find her as Lex. On Twitch, you can find her as Sprinting Lex. And I don't know what else she has. Oh, on Twitter, she's also Sprinting Legs, actually. Um, but she also has her own website, SprintingLegs.com, where you can find all of the other projects she's doing. And as we mentioned before, the entire manual Game Boy database thing uh, is all going on uh, right on that website as well. Uh, but you can go to the manuals thing by just going to GBManuals.com, uh, just to make things even a little bit more easier. All of this information, because those are a lot of links, of course, can be easily accessed, like I said, on our website. This is Gameboy.com. Um, you can just click on a thing and you will be taken right there. Um, yeah, besides that, if you want to support us, uh, the easiest way to do that, of course, is just by liking our episodes, by just posting our episodes somewhere that we haven't posted them, uh, sharing them with your family and friends, or by just giving them a good rating uh, in whatever app or website uh, that you are using to listen to these things. Because the more ratings we get, not the, it's not even tight that much to listens, it's more based on ratings. The more better ratings we get or the more reviews we get, we get placed higher up and so more people can find us that way um i was gonna say something else and now i forgot that's great uh, that that's how this goes oh yeah i was talking about supporting us yeah um if you want to bleh, yeah let's do that again if you want to support us uh in another way you can of course always check out our patreon which is just patreon.com slash this is Game Boy, I think, or is it podcast? Again, there's a link on our website, which makes it a lot easier. Um, that gives you also access to a few uh, behind-the-scenes things, like you can check out our episode notes. Uh, sometimes we have like a little uh, bonus app. Well, not an episode, but like just clips put together by Lex uh, that that out of context sounds amazingly funny. Um, it's kind of like. Uh, a big reel of those things that she puts on the end of our episodes, but uh, some that you have never heard of before. And you get some access to a lot of Discord channels that you normally would not have. Um, so you can always uh, hop, hop on over to Patreon to uh, give us some money that way, and the money will be used, uh, well, is being used to pay legs. Uh, foremost uh, to just pay for our hosting services for the website for SoundCloud and things like that and if we ever get rich with this podcast which is <laughs> never uh, we can invest in, in new equipment and things like that but yeah every penny we get gets used for the podcast itself at least um, yep. 
You can also uh, do this throughout PayPal if you're not really into Patreon and, and having like a monthly subscription thing. Uh, we do have just a paypal.me link if you just want to donate uh, one time. Um, sadly, we cannot combine this with Discord automatically. So if you do want to uh, give us some money through PayPal, let us know so we can give you the same uh, benefits that all our Patreon people have. So um, we do want to want to reward you for doing that as well. Um, maybe at this point, I should actually set that up before this episode comes out. Um, but maybe not yet, maybe a few weeks later. Um, we are gonna try and sell shirts with our logo on it. Just that, like not even a link or a URL or anything on it, just a logo on it. So if you like want to support us, but also want something physical in return, that would be a good way to go. I will just post a, well, put a new link on our website for that. Uh, but it will probably just be teespring.com slash this is Game Boy, uh, unless that URL is already taken. Um, so yeah, if you want a t-shirt, that's uh, that's nice. And, and you support us with that as well. Um, but yeah, I think I just about covered everything, right? I can't wait to get a hockey sweater with our, with our logo. <laughs> there are no hockey sweaters on Teespring. <laughs> you and your hockey sweaters. Jeez. There's a lot on Teespring. Like, you can make mugs and things like that, but I don't think hockey sweater is <laughs> it's, it's one of the options. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I think, I think you hit everything. I, closing is hard, man. The, remembering everything, yeah, it's it's tough. I'm yeah, like, yeah I'm, like, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make Mo do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's especially hard because we don't do this part scripted at all. Um, I know a lot of podcasts uh, like the their finishing thing that it's like something they record at once and they just play it at the end. But we just wing it every time, and then you get funny Literally. mess ups and things like that. I think that's that's way more endearing than just. Copy yeah. pasting the same thing over and over. I mean, like really, like our our episodes aren't scripted. We just have like bullet points that we just follow along with. <laughs> yeah. But nothing is like scripted, written out at all. That's why we go on such long tangents about Ubisoft at the start of the episode. <laughs> um, and then yeah, the, the the closings we just like we have bullet points that just say community listener, like community events, listener questions, Patreon. And then where can they can find us? Next episode XXX. And they're like, well, all right. Like, let's figure it out on the fly. We got this. Yeah. So we've been doing it for 33 episodes. <laughs> That's how it goes over here. Very professional all the time. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all we have to say, I guess, uh, this time around. Hope you enjoyed this uh, pretty long episode. I'm looking at the recording right now, and Lex is not going to be happy. But uh, <laughs> She'll be fine. Yeah, it will be fine. Uh, so maybe it will come out a little later than it should be, uh, because this has been going for quite a while. But yeah, uh, that's everything we have to say about Terminator 2 and whatever else we have been talking about. Um, next episode is your pick. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just well, just... we have we have we have Kid Icarus here in we... our in our podcast list here as episode 34. Where the studio 
episode 33 Terminator 2, and then right, right below that, that's episode right. 34, already, that's Kid right. Icarus, Myth and Monsters. Yeah, yeah, there was a reason for that. <laughs> there was a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, that, there no, was. Yeah, but yeah, to, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it will make sense when it comes out, I guess, why we yeah. would be doing that episode. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, next time we will be back with... Kid Icarus of Myth and Monsters, the way, way better version of Kid Icarus than the NES one. See you then. Subjectively. (laughs) 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 Bye-bye. Just wait for the Dragonheart episode, where it's 45 minutes of this voice.